together and stuff let me see does this thing auto tweet when we start a space uh yeah it did so from uh that kind of like btc dump that we just had um i think the the low there was around 41.6 something like that um Bitcoin's actually just over right at the 50-day moving average. So it's um hasn't corrected that much. Um the 200 day is at 33,000. So uh hopefully you have some like dry powder for coins and things if you get a, a deeper correction. Um there's this kind of like back and forth discussion about what's going to happen to BTC price. Um, on the one hand, you have GBTC, um, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust potentially having some money exiting, while at the same time, uh, it's not really clear how much new assets under management um, will happen with this ETF thing and, and what that translates to in terms of Bitcoin being taken off the market. But ETFs are generally a deterministic thing. Yeah, there's going to be some priced in price action with ETF and whatnot, where people gamble, speculate over the past you know months that numbers going to go up in the future and stuff like that. But um, I think most people, especially pre halvening, um, are are going to sell hold their Bitcoin. Uh, it just makes sense that like over the next couple years uh you'd get more inflows there particularly if you see like uh a divergence between stocks and btc so if btc drops it'll be much easier for people in their stock accounts to buy bitcoin um and as you know like as btc price goes up that just creates a liquidity in the market for all the other coins cuz btc pairings um are very very common across uh, crypto so when btc goes up everything sort of climbs as a result of that um so yeah let's see kind of see where that is but um w like where we are cyclically would be um this would be very similar to like 2020 in that um in 2020 like price was kind of on the upswing similar to now except we had this gigantic crush right around march of 2020 uh actually it began like february 9th and uh ended on uh like march 13th of 2020 and that was because of the like COVID dump 
if you subtract the COVID dump um, from the chart back in 2020, um, and you just assume that there's not a black swan this time, and in fact, we have kind of like the ETF, which is a, at the very least like good news, then um, <clears throat> you would have seen just, just ongoing continuation. And without that COVID dump, um, you would have probably seen a bull market a bit earlier for BTC than we, we had. But that flush did lead to a lot of new buyers probably, or at least buyers getting a great um, entry point who are likely to hold. And that capitulation led to um, the subsequent um, BTC bull market. And if you recall, like if you're there in 2020, you'll notice that as kind of price went up, um, a lot of people were in disbelief. Um, we like finished a bear market rally for BTC in like 2019. And then like um, people were getting kind of bored and depressed and stuff <laughs> after the 2017 pump. And um, like, I think things really started taking off. Um, when I recall, like, you know, we'd have, we, we beat the bear market rally. So once we passed like 13,800 or so back in 2020, and that was by November. So that's like quite a ways away in terms of like happening. Happening was like in April or something, March or April. And then um, it's only after that sort of bear market rally was, you know, um, like from 2019 uh, summer was finally beaten that, um, and we we passed that, that people started really started thinking about a, a full-on bull market. Um, there was nothing special at the time either. There was no special volume being transact or anything like that just price just started to climb and climb and then eventually like we um surpassed 20k uh which was a prior like cycle high that happened in november of 2020 so this whole year um it like could it take this whole year 20 um 24 to to pass all-time high for btc it's that's possible um but if there's no black swan event necessarily um then uh maybe we just hit it quite quickly so we're at 14.6 now um we hit the like 50k um level just um and and there's kind of a fib there if you use the most recent uh swing low and then uh, we kind of like dropped down from 50k where it was probable there was going to be resistance and shorts and stuff in addition to sort of a sell the news type of a thing. And then, um, you know, this is not that, that big of a correction down to 42.6, basically down to the 50-day moving average, basically um, pretty common in a bull market. Um, I'd say we, we're still sort of in a bullish condition uh, in terms of momentum, even if we go down to like 37K or like even 33 where the 200-day moving average is. So I think like uh, if you have some dry powder ready, to pick up stuff, uh, it's a good place to have it. Um, so anyway, the, the BTC story, like at the same time, if, if we stay fairly bullish on the same general, uh, trajectory, um, you're talking about kind of getting back to all time high by about summer, um, which, uh, you know, since it's already like halfway through January now, you're not talking about too much time now. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty good timing for, for reaching high again. Now, 
um, negative sort of like stock market catalysts and things are, you know, people have had all sorts of like meta discussions about where treasuries are and where um, the Fed, what the Fed is doing and whether they're going to have rate heights or rate, rate cuts and all this business. So yeah, you never know if something like wild happens in the markets or some sort of war related shit or something, but um, barring any kind of incident, um, we could just continue to go up. Now, short sellers and stuff usually love those kinds of incidents to kind of take news and just play that news cycle. So um, if you were to see like deep capitulations in BTC, um, the typical lesson for that is like to always consider buying at those levels. So um, really anytime you see BTC drop back to or below the 200-day moving average is a consideration for picking some up, uh, generally speaking, especially if you're in a kind of a bull market pre-happening and whatever. Um, all dips are meant for buying at that point. Um, let's see. So now, like, I don't really pick up a lot more BTC. Um, I think it's interesting. I might get some in the ETF if it drops each time. Because um, now you can buy it, like, just in your stock account and stuff. Um, but uh, this is not really the best price for BTC to buy. It's, like, classically the best times to buy BTC have been, um, in the past at least, um, near the cost of mine, which would be right around twenty to $20,000 um, after the happening. Uh, right now, the cost of mine BTC is like 12K. So we are well ahead of the cost of mine. Um, and therefore, uh, it's very profitable technically for miners at the moment. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's some miner related selling at these levels just to pay for um, the bills, electric bills, loans on mining equipment, whatever. Um, mining related stocks have also pumped quite a bit and pulled back um, with this dip as well. And um, uh, I don't think those are necessarily a great buy at the moment either. They've all done quite a bit of multiples already um, this last year in the stock market. That'd be things like Riot and Marathon and whatever. All right. Um, so what else is going on here? So maybe we'll kind of go from like um, larger caps to smaller caps here and kind of look at uh, how things are doing. Um, I would say alts had a very decent um, response to BTC. Um, one, Ethereum held up and maybe even like popped a little bit. Um, and uh, most alts did not drop as much as BTC did this time, which should suggest relative strength. Um, and if you just go to um, the paired charts, which like with BTC, like Adam BTC or Link Bitcoin and things like that, you'll notice that um, things have held up quite nicely and are really bouncing off uh, Bitcoin supports and m looking like an, an uptrend. So I think judging by how the charts look, um, you know, we've had like mega pullbacks on a lot of things. and. Um, uh, some things are definitely stronger than others in terms of um, their relative strength. But um, on the whole, I would say um, the altcoin space is looking pretty decent. 
and probably looking at um, a pretty good likelihood, I'd say maybe like 70% likelihood of upside versus downside by summertime. So if you're like, say, where would something like chain link be by summertime? Um, is it more likely to be at like uh, $31 versus more likely to be at like, I don't know, eight bucks? Um, I think it's more likely to be at 32 than eight. Um, in other words, picking up on some fib levels as opposed to going down. Um, mainly, you know, unless like my theory about how much liquidity is in the crypto space is um, like vastly um, <laughs> like messed up. But um, assuming new buyers keep showing up and people keep adding to their positions, um, link only dropped um, on the on the dip when BTC dropped. It dropped from like fifteen six to about. I don't know, like 13, seven or something like that. So not bad. Um, and it's really consolidating nicely at this um, between two fibs. Basically, those levels are 15.8 and like around 11.9, 12. So between 12 and 15 is kind of like the consolidation area. And anytime you can pick up link closer to 12, um, that's, I think that's a good buy. 200 day moving average. Four links should reach about $12 by February 16th at current pace. So you're really talking about good, like the moving averages sort of caught up. And um, I, I think it's fairly unlikely, fairly unlikely that Chainlink goes below eight ever again because it um, consolidated there for about one and a half years. Um, if it does, it almost invalidates that range. And then you, you, then you have to wonder, does it have to even go lower? So I don't think that's probable. A one and a half year consolidation is pretty powerful. And I think a lot of people that own Link that accumulated during that range have probably bought more in this higher range with anticipation of its big, like a big run. Um, Chainlink in particular has a lot of um, news happening at this point. Like um, one of the narratives that uh, people are trying to spin up is this idea that like Larry Fink was talking about Chainlink when he's talking about um, real world assets on CNBC. And, um, you know, whether he was or not, like Chainlink definitely is the sort of biggest player in the room that has the uh, like biggest uh, business development in terms of history with uh, big banks and various companies. Um, I think there's an Australian bank they're working with and a few other US things. Um, clearing houses and whatnot, but um, I think there's a strong uh, motivation and like uh, desire by Chainlink to reach as many real world assets and connect them to blockchain as possible. I would say it's a, a much bigger um, sort of like targeting of enterprise institutions versus, say, Cosmos, who seems to be more targeting just purely blockchain based um, applications. Um, Link has all sorts of interesting things like real world asset integration, uh, cross chain, um, becoming a cross chain platform so you can easily bridge um, assets between different chains using the chain link um, as an intermediary, um, as opposed to some kind of like random bridge solution. Um, they have, uh, of course, their Oracle service built in, which makes it a lot easier for them to incorporate um, things like real world assets like gold or you know, other commodities or um, other physical assets. Sergey Navrov has like 
I've definitely made a lot of comments and there's a lot of work being done in this direction. Uh, Chainlink also has this um, universal gas token idea that like if you in, implement CCIP, which is our cross-chain protocol, you would be able to use Chainlink as a gas token for you know, any cross-chain transactions, making the um, user experience uh, dramatically improved. Um, in the meantime, uh, um, the other group that's doing this exact same thing is uh, Cosmos with IBC, and um, IBC has also been implemented in things like uh, Polkadot um, and I think maybe Avalanche and a few others. So there's definitely some progress being made. Uh, I believe uh, Optimism also on Ethereum also uh, implemented IBC lately. That's something you might want to look up. I think that's accurate, but um, not 100% sure if it's fully live or whatever. Uh, so yeah, you basically have quite a bit of um, uh, progress being made from Chainlink side. Um, and uh, the comparable cross-chain solution would be um, Cosmos' inter-blockchain communication. Um, anyway, so Chainlink, I think, has very, very strong fundamentals. The downside might be the, the amount of um, Chainlink tokens that the team has. Um, and some of those team tokens are being used to be paying out staking yield for incentivizing um, new Oracle networks. Um, one thing you may not know is that Chainlink is essentially infinitely scalable. Every new institution that incorporates uh, Chainlink Oracle nodes can basically create a whole new node, node network and um, incentivize that with um, whatever monetary incentives they'd like, whether it's with Chainlink tokens or whatever. Uh, and um, basically, uh, like long term from here, Chainlink should be quite bullish. Um, if you look at like the last time Chainlink was at this price at like 14 bucks way back in, I don't know, like 2020 or something, Chainlink was basically like running on Oracle memes, essentially like, oh, Oracles are going to be amazing and whatever. And then, it, you know, and then it kind of ran with the, in its bull market. Um, and uh, the number of actual technical implementations that have happened since then are like, I don't know, there's at least a dozen different interesting things that have been added, uh, including like their Chainlink build ecosystem and all sorts of stuff. So definitely one that's worth um, researching deeply and probably sh in the upper market cap coins should be one of the more serious choices. Um, like if you were just to kind of, compare i think let's see Chainlink's market cap right now is probably somewhere in the eight billion range i would think let me see um where is it here yeah it's like 15 rank on CoinGecko, eight billion market cap and um if you compare it in terms of innovation and capabilities like it is well ahead of something like avalanche at 13 billion in terms of actual capabilities um it certainly blows cardano or whatever away at 19 billion which is essentially like meme coinish um it has way more things going for it than xrp which is at 31 billion um solana's pricing is just you know kind of absurd levels at this point at 39 billion um and 
really then you have like Ethereum at 305 billion. That's the next like serious uh, thing. So is this going to be like Chainlink's, you know, big run to Ethereum levels? Um, it's certainly possible. It's one of the few things that has any like rational potential of getting anywhere near um, Ethereum. Um, like rational meaning, like if it got there, it would at least make sense. Not that it will necessarily, but um, that if it did, it made sense. It might make sense. So, at eight billion market cap, like even a ten x from here would be um, at about one hundred fifty dollars chain link, uh, and that would be only like a three x up over last bull market high. Um, so yeah, plenty of upside. I think the numbers are rational, and um, all that has to happen is buyers have to step in to uh, pick it up. But really, little, relatively little FUD for Chainlink, I would say. I mean, the only FUD would be that there's team tokens that could be sold. But like, what chain doesn't have team tokens that can be sold? <laughs> like, most of these things have, um, have that same problem or have some sort of inflation problem or whatever. So, like, tokenomics to some extent is like just not that important in a bull market. These things get bid up, um, irrespective of tokenomics. So I'm not too worried about that kind of thing. But um, yeah, between uh, here and where Ethereum is, um, definitely a lot of potential. Um, Chainlink, of course, like emerged much like significantly later than Ethereum did. So it's off cycle compared to Ethereum. So like Ethereum's giga run would be timed with where Chainlink is now in its product cycle. So can it really run big time? I think so. Um, I have a a bag of chain link that is commensurate with that um that thinking that i think it 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 can and will run quite a bit and even if it doesn't do a whole lot like even if it goes only i don't know back to all-time high from here that's a nice clean 3x um so if i have an outsized amount of it you know fine i 3x <laughs> like still a lot better than the stock market or something so i think i'm comfortable with chain link at this level i added again at about 14 bucks and um, it's sitting at about 14.12 now. So I picked up a bit more yesterday again. Um, let me try to add Camillo here. He's trying to see if it works. Um, anyway, um, Camillo, I think your your account's not adding. Oh, there he had dropped off. Um, okay, so that's kind of Chainlink. Um, I think it's a reasonable buy at this level um, to the extent that I got some. Um, so uh, that's my disclosure there. <laughs> um, Hi, Sefi. Hey, morning. What's up? Oh, good. Thanks. Um, you were mentioning something about staking, staking Chainlink, right? Do you do it directly on mm -hmm. on staking.chainlink.chain.link? Yeah, there's a... Yeah, I haven't staked any personally. Um, but what what happens with that is there's a limited amount of staking available. So you can only do it while there are staking positions available. And what that is, is like it's when new companies incorporate Chainlink into their uh, system, you will have the opportunity to stake as like new Oracle networks emerge that require um, securing that network with Chainlink staking. So at the moment, I don't know if there's any actual space available for that. Um, Oh, by the way, just in case anyone wanted um, some Zephyr, it's at sixteen seventy-seven at the moment. So there's a little bit of a dip there. So if you want to rush to get some, that's kind of like 
uh, pretty good pricing. Um, okay, so where was I? Yeah, so so I think uh, Chainlink will do fine. And um, I pointed out before that it's relevant FIB levels um, are at uh, $21 uh, from here and then 31 And um, my suspicion is, is that it'll probably run through 21 relatively quickly. You'll see, I'll, I'm almost certain you'll see resistance there because there's a FIB there. It'll sort of pause and go sideways for a while and then probably 31 next. Um, after that, there's very little resistance for Chainlink. Um, the number of total buyers and sellers of Chainlink above that level, um, there are some obviously because it was that high during a bull market between like uh, 31 and 53. But we're talking about a relatively small amount of time that is spent in that range. So I'd say like um, after $32, Chainlink is probably going to fly. Um, so another option is here, like if you wanted to be absolutely sure you're in a bullish market before you get it, you could put an alarm at 31-ish and then um, only buy it after it passes that. I'm not a huge fan of that kind of trading. I tend to buy low and wait. But if you want to like only deploy your capital when you're sure things are going up, um, the the when you break 31 is kind of like the the least resistance zone, I would say. Um, but I think the probability of getting there is high, so I'd much rather buy low. <laughs> so I picked up Chainlink at like seven, and I picked it up. I think my average now is about nine, because I picked up some more at fourteen. So anyway, um, they're, they're a very solid project, right? The, the Chainlink Labs and the oh Chainlink. yeah, yeah, like it's it's among the most legit projects in crypto. Like, in fact, it's um, in the top one hundred. It's really amongst the the most legit. So I would say, yeah. Um, no issues in terms of like technical uh, innovation and legitimacy. In fact, I'd say technical innovation wise is probably beating everybody. Um, there isn't anything that beats Chainlink in terms of the number of new things that have come out for it, um, for sure. So um, now will the market like take that into account and price it up, bid it up? I don't know. Like that's a whole nother thing. But I do know that Chainlink has put out a lot more sort of videos and they put a lot out a lot more like stuff out of their Twitter handle and everything else to try to attract attention so i think that's bullish um previously they didn't do as much in terms of um sort of marketing material but whoever's running their twitter account now um appears to be uh, pretty decent as far as uh posting good shit so that so you want like plenty of retweetable stuff from the particular teams and organizations and you know like teams that don't do anything or don't like only have an occasional achievement obviously don't have much to retweet um, Chainlink has had more shit available to retweet than anybody I've seen in a long time. I would say. Yeah, they also have. They are also hiring like a hundred uh, open positions right now on their website. Engineers, yeah. people from marketing, operations, and product. Yeah, huge number of uh, a huge number of um, um, like what was I going to say? Um, like there's a, something called the Chainlink Build Program to. Um, like incorporate new protocols and things into Chainlink. And uh, that has uh, been really popular with a whole lot of development going on. Um, so just the Chainlink conference alone is quite large, uh, larger than most um, other crypto conferences. And uh, so remember all of those new companies that, um, or projects that in get Chainlink incorporated are all gonna be like, you know, micro shillers of Chainlink and probably a lot of the people that work in those are going to probably own a little bit of chain link, et cetera. And each of those is going to like shill a bit of chain link. So it's like, there's a network effect to those build programs. And, um, 
yeah, I think like Chainlink is kind of the conservative choice here as far as um, relatively low downside and very decent upside. Um, I would say it's like one of my high size, low risk positions at these price levels. It's kind of way that, the way I look at it. So that's Chainlink. Um, let's see, other sort of higher market cap stuff, like where is um, Adam at this point? Um, Adam is, of course, the the um, security token of the Cosmos Hub, and um, it was like just about to put in kind of like a really nice weekly engulfing candle, and then everything went dump because of BTC dump. Um, I think by tomorrow it would be very bullish if if Adam can put a uh, price in it like. 1150 or so if it can create a true like bullish engulfing candle on the weekly um which means that it's, it puts in a higher um level than last week i think that would be super bullish if it can get to like closer to 12 30 by even tomorrow that would be very bullish to close at those levels um and i think that would set it up nicely to to um break resistance at 1220 um it hit that twice already so far in the last um couple months and um it's done a nice pullback all the way to 890, um, 889, something like that. And um, uh, next level up for Adam is 15.7. And after that is uh, 20. And um, the last time I picked up some Adam was right at about 9.40. I converted some of my Akash to that and, um, and uh, made a good, like, which is a good move because like my Akash is down and uh, Adam is up. So I actually got um, in the green with that. And then like um, I actually took some of that, which was in the green and then that position. And I went and bought some more Zephyr here at about 17 ish. So um, I was able to sort of uh, rotate a little bit into a few things. So I tend to rotate into the thing that dips the most. So if I have something that pops, I can sell some of it and then buy something that dips and, um, you know, play this video game for a little bit. Um, yeah, I think so. Adam, um, a new development that happened with Adam that was released this last um, week. Um, so previously, there was this concept that you could basically start a side chain on Adam. Uh, side chain is probably the best term for it. Um, Neutron and Stride are examples of this, um, which are basically uh, sort of like side chains that have their own um it's truly there it's an it's its own chain but like has uses the same validator set as the original cosmos hub um so it's a brand new block set of blocks that are being recorded but uses the existing validator set and that's one of the things about cosmos hub is the more side chains that get produced the more fees that go back to um atom stakers because like those chains don't have their own validator set they simply pay fees to uh, Cosmos Hub, um, and um, the, one of the benefits of that too is it makes it more profitable to to actually run validators in, on Cosmos Hub, which is bullish for long term in terms of growth of the network. Um, then now there is a new thing called partial security, where let's say you start you want to start a blockchain, but you only want to you want to pay even lower fees because you maybe only need five validators or something. You don't need a really exhaustive thing. Maybe you're starting some meme coin or some shit. You want to start a blockchain for that. Well, um, so this is like an, an interesting way to do this. Um, and 
like the difference between starting a side chain and starting like a using token factor or something like that and creating just a coin on like Terra or somewhere is that a side chain gives you it's like a full coin with its own wallet and you know completely separate um, sort of IBC enabled chain and you could list that as centralized exchange quite easily. Um, so I think you'll see more and more uh, projects and groups and companies or whatever. Uh, create these kind of small Cosmos sidechains um, because it's such a cheap thing to do. Like it, Cosmos Hub basically makes it really, really easy to start up a new blockchain now. Um, uh, easy and cheap, more importantly, because like starting up a validator set tends to run several million dollars um, and then ongoing um, fees that go to the validator set. But if you can just start a little sidechain and pay like 25%, you know, transaction fee to... Um, you know, Cosmos Hub, well, you know, it's it's going to create more incentive to create these side chains. So um, ultimately, I think some value accrual mechanisms for Cosmos Hub will emerge. And um, like um, Adam is basically a longer term play on Cosmos based infrastructure and whatnot. Um, it doesn't seem to get a lot of memes and whatever. It seems like nobody ever cares about it. Not a lot of videos get produced about it, et cetera. Um, but if you were to ask me, like, is it among the quote unquote safer choices? Sure. The lowest it ever went in the bear market was 560. It's currently sitting at about 1020. And it recently just did a pullback to like, um, 890. So I think from a price entry point perspective, Adam is, um, acceptable here. And I bought some at 940. Like I said, I cycled some other stuff into it. And, um, like I think it looks uh, overall bullish, and I think if it breaks um, its twelve twenty level, it'll probably hit its bear market um, high relatively quickly at about fifteen sixty. And you know, in a bull market, the odds of beating that are pretty high. That leads you to about twenty bucks. The all time high is at forty four, and there's relatively lower resistance above the twenty dollar level. Um, so, and not only that, but like once you get to those you know, like at least halfway or more towards all-time high, the all-time high tends to become a magnet. I, th I believe Adam is one of those that can break all-time high again, um, just because it's uh, a well-known secure chain with like little to no downside. Um, I mean, really, there's nothing really fightable about Adam. Even if you didn't like its inflationary tokenomics, which I kind of did, um, the inflation rate has been substantially reduced and um uh whether you're bullish because of that or not that's debatable like i said mostly tokenomics is mostly like just irrelevant in a bull market to a large extent um but anyway um i think adam is one that like if you're staking it um a consideration time for unstaking it would be as if it like is breaking getting close to all-time high and if you're trying to sell some of it or sell some of your yield, I'd probably look at doing so above 44, potentially. Um, remember, this is quite early in a bull market. Like this is pre-havening year. And even the havening year oftentimes is, uh, it's oftentimes a relatively flat year until the year after happening, which would be like 2025. So depending on if you believe in these timing cycles or not, or whether you think that that's going to play out again the same way, there's still quite a long ways to go. So like you've been patient throughout the bear market, um, now you're just going to have to be patient for the first half of the, like first part of the bull market. So if he want, what's the APR for, for Adam staking? I believe it's 14% right now. 
of 14. Um, I believe 10% is the inflation part of it, and then 4% is the rest. Um, so the way this works is uh, the more atom stakers there are, the less yield you get per coin. So it's incentivized to uh, secure the network you're staking. And there is a dynamic mechanism so that like the less popular it is, the more staking yield you get, which is good because then like when the thing becomes more popular and stakers emerge, uh, then um, you'll notice that your yield starts falling, but it also becomes kind of like a sell signal because you're like, okay, the more people that are showing up to stake this thing, that means the more um, like frothy it has become. So that, that was the case at least last season. Um, so I'd say it's definitely uh, in a good zone here as far as consideration for picking some up. But it is a staking token. So if you're going to be holding this thing for more than I would say like three months and you envision that uh, um, like it's just not going to giga pump immediately or you don't intend to sell immediately, then um, you probably ought to stake it because if you don't, you're being diluted, right? Because if the if everyone else's that staking is getting 10%, that means every month um, you're being diluted by about 1% or less, right? Something along those lines, let's say 0.8% or something. <laughs> so you're being diluted um, per every month if you're not staking. So um, that's just a, a fact of inflationary um, proof of stake tokens you, you or coins. You don't want to just leave them sitting in your wallet for a couple of years. Um, you definitely want to stake them if you're going to hold them for a while. But it does have the like a 28 day or however many days it was 25 days unbonding period so that if you stake that you can't sell immediately so if you're um intending to sell on a pop or you you, you want to be able to trade it some then you could unstake it um i've unstaked some of mine because um like there are times when maybe it pops 10 or 20 percent but i want i need to buy something else because i use my atom as money to some extent as well so I'll, it's available on every exchange, so you can send it to almost anywhere. And when it pops, like um, you can sell some of it and then use it to as dry powder to buy other things if you'd like. So there's there's that option. Um, that's one of the benefits of an inflationary yield coin is you can use it um, as you wish <laughs> the inflationary yields. Um, okay, so that's uh, that's Adam. I think that's the majority of what i hold in the larger market caps the only other things i added recently was i added to litecoin and doge um and um i had previously like um sold some of my doge like um when it broke resistance and and was in profit a little bit i bought some zephyr with it and um i kind of re-entered into doge uh, right around here i think at seven point nine cents it's at eight right now um i think we're pretty close to the doge satellite launches and stuff over the next six months and um my intention is to sell doge at around uh, like oh maybe like a 3x from here um it's about a two percent 200 percent gain from here i pretty much bought some and put a limit order to sell and uh just because i don't want to sit around and watch the timing of when it pumps but like if you recall during the bear market, it pumped once from um, like 5.6 cents all the way to uh, 15 cents. Uh, and it did that just from like some Elon tweet or something. So I think uh, with these satellite launches and whatnot, 
um, and probably almost nobody knows about them. I mean, like, you know, like, like I think that uh, pump will happen a bit later. And, um, you know, I don't think you're a lot of the, there's not really any kind of like priced in, you know, satellite launch stuff for Doge One satellite, um, which is like a SpaceX collaboration or some shit. There's really little of that priced in. Doge has been trading at this level the entire bear market. In fact, at eight cents, you're basically talking about like the bear market average price. So there is like no, uh, like it is definitely not in any kind of overvalued state. If anything, this price range for Doge is its biggest um, sort of volume zone on the volume profile. It's even bigger than like it's 20 to 2020 to 2021 um, price action. So really you're talking about Doge right here at absolute support. And I think at this price level, all the way from here, all the way down to a nickel is pretty much really cheap Doge. Um, the hash, hashing of the network is quite secure. Um, so there's really, I'd say it's like a relatively low risk position. So it's, it's a fairly easy one. I, I would say Doge is more likely to, it's, I'm going to bet you it's going to outperform almost every stock I own like at, at this price level it's kind of funny but uh but true i think it'll do quite fine um especially buying at these super cheap levels so you're basically like if you're going to say like what coins have are still at bear market lows and haven't pumped yet um that's definitely doge in this this instance um the other one is litecoin um i picked it up at um oh i don't know like like maybe a few dollars south of here it's a $72 at the moment, and it's put in a really nice candle um, uh, over the, over this last week. And um, if it closes here in the green, um, then I think uh, Litecoin's going to run. Uh, Litecoin also, like its bottom for this year was, for 2023, it was like um, $56. It's at $71.80 now. Um, its hash rate is approaching one exahash, um, meaning like the hash rate is doing better than ever. Um, it's at record high levels. And um, I think people are mining it with anticipation of a pump. I, I would imagine most of those miners aren't selling right away. Um, you can co-mine Doge and Litecoin with the same machines, interestingly enough, simultaneously. So I think some people do that um, with their mining devices. And um, Doge has been putting in higher lows ever since, I'm sorry, Doge. Litecoin has been putting in higher lows um, since as far back as 2019, uh, 2020, um, like 40 bucks in 2022 and onwards. So this recent dip that it had um, with BTC, um, it actually put another higher low for compared to like late 2023. So that looks bullish as well. Um, so it it did not um, dip as much as BTC did, uh, and definitely actually went up relative to the BCC substantially. So if you pull up the LTC BTC chart, you'll notice. Um, let me pull it up real quick while we're chatting. Um, the Litecoin Bitcoin chart um, looks like it um, hit its like lowest point in a long time since like 2014. So it has definitely bled against BTC in the, um, 
long term. So Litecoin's not been one that most people have held as any kind of permanent thing. But um, LTC has been putting in higher lows every year, which is interesting. So it does have a store of value function if you buy the bottoms. Um, I think at this level, it, it's a good store of value. Um, and will it outperform BTC as a bull market starts? Most definitely, yes. Will it keep those gains near the end of a bull market? Um, highly likely, no. But that's not why you buy LTC. Buying LTC is like buying the VIX or something like that. It's like you get this thing. Um, you, you buy this thing really at the very bottoms um, before a bull market begins. Then you ride it and then you can trade it into dollars or into BTC or whatever. But um, the the Litecoin um, uh, USD chart um, is interesting in that it's just one gigantic bull flag. So is this the year that it, it, it runs like crazy? I don't know. Like, it's like, uh, it's possible. Um, there was the old meme of, meme of Litecoin to 5,000. Um, it's possible. Um, I'm not trying to throw too much hopium on this thing, but the reality is like the, the price history of Litecoin, this thing's been around for a decade now, and it's put in a fantastic, very long-term consolidation. So. Um, you know, could it wind up with some sort of ridiculous speculative pump um, and then like really run hard? It could. Like last uh, bull market, its top was about 420. It's currently sitting about 71. So you're still at like, um, you know, like a 6x from here, right? Um, to, to even reach that level. So I think that's a fairly probable uh, trajectory. And um, previous bull market, um, if you look at current price, you say, how long did it take um, Litecoin to reach um, like that type of high? It was, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, so about six months. So uh, if LTC runs heavy this year um, and has a pre-happening, it already had its happening, by the way. Um, Litecoin's happening was last August. Um, so it's already done that. But if it has its post-happening run, and it, it like the previous um, sort of like bear market high for, before the past cycle back in 2019 was right around 140. I think LTC can reach that pretty readily. And that's where I have my first sort of like sell signal uh, dialed in. But beyond that, um, you know, this year, is it likely to pass prior highs? I think if it reaches 415 again, it's very likely to pass prior highs. And the reason is because it's put in a like very heavy consolidation here. And I would say if you look at like from 2018 till now, this current price is the breakout level of the of the volume um, like profile. So right at around $70 to $55 is the like largest volume profile range for a price for Litecoin. So this is like imagine a we are at a price right now of a like six year breakout level for the low and um i think it's just a very very low risk um buy at this price range in my view um could it dip again to 58 or so which is like the lows for this last year i suppose it's possible but even if it did i think it runs so i think it's uh it's an ad at any any like price lower than this litecoin is basically an exponential ad easy 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 in my view in my view in terms of like um 
you know, a low risk pick, I would say. Um, so yeah, the, the, the old coins won't get a whole lot of like, um, internet play unless they really pump. But, um, there's a lot of holders of Litecoin. So when it does pump, it's like, you never know, like people wake up and start shilling the shit out of these things. Um, so that's kind of the Litecoin and Dogecoin. I think that's, uh, that covers pretty much everything at the higher market caps. Um, you know, kind of a billion market cap and above um, stuff. And, hey, mm -hmm, Did you ahead. cover TRX? I just joined, but I, I see people keep saying Justin Sun came back from his apocalypse bunker, started pumping his bags. Did you cover that as well? Um, TRX, um, it is. It has been rising uh, consistently since uh, November 2022. The chart that looks very similar to ETH um and its prior high was 18 cents for 2021 it put in a a lower high with the bitcoin the second bitcoin pump of 2021 um yeah it's got a decent looking chart on the whole um on, th on three months it looks so yeah just stupidly bullish if you look at the long term the monthly or weekly chart it has a very smooth rise so um I've never been a fan of Justin Sun, his antics, or his. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think anyone was. Hey, <laughs> that's not a good buy, though. Um, never, never, never take my pessimism about whichever retards are running these things as a, um, as a uh, like implication about price action. Um, a lot of times, the things that are just irritate you most actually run the most, which is fucking. <laughs> True. What was it? Uh, was it uh, there was some sort of moon uh, coin? Not moon coin. What was it a few years ago that there was some sort of very ridiculous, absolute nothing for promise coin, and it has the most ridiculous name, and everyone was buying it. There's ten of those things. Yeah. Safe moon. Safe moon. Safe. It's safe and it's mooning. Right. Oh um, my god. Text, like um, it is not its volume support level it's sort of like already made a move off the bottom close to like four or five cents um and has sort of doubled since then very similar to a lot of other things like adam and whatever so it's moving it's correlating to the rest of the market i don't think it's uh, there's not an outsized gain there but it's also not its safest price position i think safest price level for 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 tron would have been like around six cents where it has the biggest volume bar um so yeah it's sort of broken out from a lot of this though so there's not very much resistance though above this level so if you like that um about it um i think it's not a bad buy here um it would be a momentum play but then also be careful it's with it it's already gotten yeah so it's it's not a bad location here to be picking it up potentially um yeah no you're right the the chart doesn't look bad at all um and this is true on weekly and monthly charts um it's had like steady uptrend since like november 2022 um on the monthly chart pretty clean uptrend and monthly charts are hard to produce right because it takes a long time to make them um yeah looking good and then on the daily it is sitting above its 50-day moving average and has popped along with ethereum uh yeah, look. broke out of the resist. Like, if it, it looks like if if it's yeah. gonna run, very it's gonna do something stupid, or it's just gonna go back into the range. Now it has very little volume resistance here. It, I mean, it looks like a runner, like to me. 
Um, do you hold any of this or? Um, I looked into it. I I don't trade that much myself, but I have one of my team teammates who's trading a lot. So he just gave me a heads up and I was always thought I never was a fan of Tron myself, but always kept tabs on it thinking that, okay, Justin's son, he produces garbage, but he knows how to make money. It's like one of the big, biggest DeFi participants, right? Like he knows how to cook money. So I was always keeping tabs and was curious to maybe play it a bit, especially if there will be an obvious outbreak. So that's also why I, I entered, uh, let's say 5% lower than here. And then it's going to see, I'm not going to plan anything, you know, crazy, but, but uh, take profits, you know, at uh, stupid wicks. If it works out, it works out. So I'm going to add this. Um, I'm going to put like the little uh, portfolio tracker for it here. And I'm going to, um, let me pull up a second. Let me add this to here real quick. Um, it looks like everything's cooling off, or at least trying. Like Tia is running. Constitution DAO also looks like the it it it, it did a very stupid run. But if you look at the daily, it looks like it can uh, do something stupid again. Like because these are these are the type of things that are very hated, very shorted. The volume is consistent. And then uh, there's like very little, like you said, uh, volume resistance above. I'm going to add like one coin of Tron here on my list. And the reason to do that is that uh, relative to the time I discovered it, which is now talking to you, uh, <laughs> if it drops to that, I'll pick it up. If not, not worry about it. So it's it's good to have. Is a, that BTT? Uh, TRX. TRX. Um, I, I was going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold I'm going to just add it to the portfolio watcher in a sense, so that um, if it's down substantially relative to the price that I noticed talking about it first, then I'll pick it up. Uh, um, but yeah, it's already it's already popped a little bit today or in the last uh, few days. So I think, um, you know, you could either ride that momentum or you can uh, just wait for a dip of some kind. So I think the good thing about having a big list of shit is that you have a lot of things that could potentially dip. Um, like one of the popular things people were sort of like talking about was this AI power grid thing. And I added it to my list, uh, AIPG, because people are shilling it pretty good as a micro cap. Um, it like, when I first heard about it, it was like, maybe like, I don't know, like 25, 25 cents, maybe 30 cents. It pumped all the way to like 70 cents. And now it's down to 36 cents. And the reason I know this, is cause I put it on my list and now it's like, huh. Um, it's, you know, only in a you know, it's tiny little market cap maybe um i might consider um getting some if it you know goes into negative price discovery and drops below it's like intro price so just one of those things that like you know you don't have to ape into everything just kind of like add it to the list and if you get a good entry point and and uh relative to everything else then uh you can you can grab some um yeah re relative sort of performance um if you want to kind of grab the deepest discounts um that's one way to play this sort of market. Um, it's kind of the more patient way to do things, I would say. Anyway, um, let's see. What else is going on here? Um, so we talked about a few of the, the bigger market cap stuff. Mid-market cap, like, you know, what is that? Like 500 mil market cap type numbers. Oh, the other one was Akash. Um, let's see. Where is that one at? I think, well, I'm sort of going down the market caps here a little bit. 
So AKT, uh, I felt like its chart looked pretty toppy even before the BTC dump. So I, I kind of sold that. I had it for years and I, I sold it in the thinking that like maybe Adam would run, which it did. Um, so I sold it like 320. It's now 281 for Akash. And um, I bought Adam with that and that sort of pumped a little bit. And then I used that to buy Zephyr, which dipped. So like, I've been able to get like more and more amounts of like Zephyr for cheap because I'm using profits to pick it up. Um, Akash is at 630 million market cap. Um, it's had a nice pullback. Um, might be a good entry here, but also because it's a small cap or, or medium cap, uh, if BTC dumps some more, uh, this would be currently at a very high risk price position, uh, in my view. That's part of the reason why I exited in the first place. I was like, if something drops, this thing's going to tank. Um, but I think um, like FIB levels for AKT like a sane level to put a maybe a alert would be at about a dollar eighty eight. It's now at two eighty. Um, a substantial retracement of some of its recent run up um, would not be uncommon in a pre like a happening year to have things really sort of pull back. Um, I think about a dollar eighty eight, and it might be a half decent entry point again, as far as like market cap rationality and whatever. Because remember, there's very little liquidity here in these coins, like. It does not take much to move the price down. Um, you're talking about like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of sales will move the price down, not not anything near the proportion of what their market cap numbers are. Remember, these are illiquid market caps to a large extent, and as a result, you should um, you you should not expect that. Oh, yeah, just because the market cap is high, that my coin is going to be stable or some shit. Like to achieve stability at these types of market caps requires like five plus years of price action five plus years remember that um so it it does take like once you reach these high market caps look at a monero or a litecoin or whatever look how long they've been around and then you can claim okay that market cap is a stabilized sort of like realized market cap with high liquidity and depth and at that point it makes the price hard to go up but at the same time your downside risk is much lower when things like run into high market caps relatively short term, they're going to dump as easily as they go up. And uh, it's very much easy come, easy go. And probably only 5% of market participants actually make any money. 5%. So like if you're in profit on some of these things because you bought them at the bottom of the bear market, like a cosh at 20 cents or some shit, well, you could hold it to let it run to Valhalla or whatever. But I would argue you've already met Valhalla and you're just, um, you're just playing with fire at that point. So some of those things, if you've had a great run, it's un, not unreasonable to uh, just bank that amount and and step away for a bit. Um, you know, like teams and whatever the fuck else, they're going to sell on you um, once you get to a certain level. And they probably already are selling on you on the way up. So um, you need to sort of, um, uh, some of those things, you almost certainly have to to take profit if they're doing well. And I think Akash is one of those that ran a lot so far. and um, uh, it's like if you look at Akash versus Litecoin, Litecoin's the dramatically lower risk at this point, as example um, here, uh, in terms of both its chart and its like realized market cap. So um, that's just an example of one. Um, so some other ones at these general levels, Kujira um, is a solid play, I think, at this pullback. Um, 
it has pulled back from like five dollars and fifty cents down to three eighty six as it stands now, which is around I think a thirty five percent retracement or something. Its market cap is four seventy million, and its total value locked is only a hundred million though. Um, but uh, the probability of TVL going up on Kujira over the long run is pretty good. So if you believe that Kujira is like a future $5 billion chain, which is some kind of a 10X from here, and you're willing to hold this for the next, I would say, couple of years, then I think you could probably realize a 10X from here on Kujira. Um, that would be kind of the, like, and a 10X from here is actually easier than it was from five bucks. So um, the, the lower the price goes, the easier a, a theoretical 10X becomes. And um, it's a pretty reasonable one to always have on your list to scale in just based on the, the the how well the team has been executing in terms of user experience if you have not used this and you want to check it out um uh, let me kind of tell you what the if you go to orca.kujira.network orca.kujira.network um you'll you'll go to its um, one of the main pages Actually, take this back. Go to Finn. If you haven't used Kujira, go to finn.kujira.network, F-I-N.K-U-J-I-R-A.network. You'll see it's, um, you'll see it's um, uh, like it has an order book-based DEX, which is quite impressive. There's all sorts of random tokens you can um, like play with on there along with USDC and Atom and um, wrapped BTC and some other things. So it's a pretty good trading platform, and you can do some different things. On um, if you go to the menu in the top right corner, you can go to um, some of the other interesting um, uh, things like Bow, which is uh, on Bow.Kujira.network. You can provide liquidity and different things. So yeah, a pretty good, like well-built um, primary ecosystem, and the main ecosystem was put together by. Um, like the core devs and uh, including like a really nice order book based um, decks. And um, if you go to kujiraecosystem.com, it's just one long word, Kujira ecosystem. Um, you'll see that there's a ton of interesting things um, happening on Kujira. Uh, some of the projects there are like Manta and Unstake, Yield Harbor, and I don't know who else is putting things on here. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely some uh, growth there, and um, it's basically a permission to blockchain. So like projects that deploy on here have to be voted in and sort of generally approved. So you're not getting a bunch of bullshit projects. Uh, Kujira has stated that they're not interested in a whole bunch of meme coins and things, although people have jokingly called the uh, unstake token. Um, it's called NTSK or something. They call it Nutsack. And that became the kind of like the de facto meme coin. But um, but there's not really a, you know, it's the team is like more serious um, and they want a high degree of um, valid validity and honesty and um, and uh, connect cross chain integrations. Um, if you look at their integrations page on the Kujirika system page, they've integrated Axelar, Kado Money. Leap Wallet, uh, Rango Exchange, um, Station, Stargaze. I, I believe they've integrated TFM, uh, Coin Hall, um, 
Pulsar Finance will will track all of your stuff there. Nansen Portfolio will track all your shit there. They have connectivity with Terra, um, DeFi Llama, uh, Stride for uh, allowing you to bring in ST Atom or Liquid Staked Atom into the ecosystem to use that as leverage and things. Um, Kepler integration, all of this stuff. Terraform, uh, oh, Terra Station integration as well, because uh, they're originally on Terra. Uh, so you have that. So really multiple wallet integrations and um, uh, plenty of infrastructure happening there. These guys build at a ridiculous pace, man. Like like in DeFi, especially in Cosmos DeFi, um, I would say nobody builds this fast. Like it's impressive how much they've done in a relatively short year, the last year or two that have gone by after the Terra crash. And this is a team that remain, remained high integrity after the, during and after the Terra crash. They got fucked over badly, I'm sure, by um, the fact that like they developed a whole bunch of cool stuff and then Terra got wrecked. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of uh, Terra community, a lot of Diamond Hands in the Terra community are definitely uh, playing in here. Um, and um, I think Kujira is a reasonable bet at this price at 383 The last time I bought it was like five bucks or something. So um, it's definitely in a zone where um, uh, it's worth considering. It's definitely at a level where, like, if you were to consider, like, if Adam does a little bit of a pump and Kujira does a little bit of a dump, it's a perfect, like, swap because you can buy something um, that's up for something that's down. That's pretty much right now, honestly. Adam's at 1026 and Kujira's at um, 389. I would say Kujira is the, um, like, maybe the, the the higher upside buy if you were going to choose if you want to choose upside versus safety now having said that like you know could kajira dip down to you know 225 again if we have a little bit of bearish time period it's quite possible but um at 225 it's like a, a gigabyte basically it's like really really straightforward so i don't think it'll go down that low because you're talking about a market cap number that would be like getting closer and closer to its TVL. And um, yeah, I think like, um, no, but bear in mind, like it had a December 6th low of 250. So before getting too ahead of yourself, realize it is actually possible to reach those kind of numbers. Um, and it did so within the last you know couple of months. So these are not heavily consolidated price levels for Kujira. Um, I would say like we've only in this price range, which would be the 250 to 550 range, you've only had like, I don't know, three months of consolidation. It's chart pumped exactly the same time as Zephyr. And um, both of these have been consolidating. And um, you expect these consolidations to last a number of months. In fact, the longer the consolidation period is, the better it is in terms of like the likelihood that you're not going to get a big dump. So the longer you get in the terms of Kajira consolidation over this coming year, the more likely this consolidation range becomes the new low for the next bear market, which means that your buys here could at least credibly stay neutral, even if you rode all the way to the top and all the way to the bottom again. If you don't have a good consolidation period here, and a lot of buyers at these price levels for maybe six months at least, then what you're going to get is sort of a soft, squishy floor price, and you're going to wind up dumping below it more likely during a, a bear market. Um, in fact, this this level that Kujira is at now is most definitely not safe by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you could definitely get some dips to to add here. 
so I'd keep an eye on it. But I think 388 is a pretty good entry position here. I'd say that's a pretty decent spot. It During this Bitcoin dump, it dropped to 337 and, and sort of popped back up already a little bit. So whatever liquidations were going to happen on chain, they've pretty much happened, I think. Um, and uh, I think it's a relatively reasonable position to be getting in. But having bought last time at a little bit of 490 or five bucks, um, like, you know, like, um, I'm still in my bag here, essentially a little bit of a bag holder effect, I suppose. Um, but I have a lot of my Kujira from like 50 cents or below something like that, because I had it during the Terra crash. I mean, I had it on Terra and migrated it here. So I added to my, um, bag by doubling my position at around, uh, at around five bucks. So, um, I'm I'm looking to add some more. I'll probably do a giant size buy if it dips below um like 335 again. So yeah, that 250 to $3 range I think is like a really good sweet spot for heavy add, adding on Kujira for me at least. And not financial advice for you <laughs> cuz I'm willing to I'm willing to ride down lows. So uh the reality is is that uh, most of you may not have the the iron balls or whatever to handle that. So like, um, what I do and what you do ought to be two different things. I can tolerate a lot of price change with, uh, and just laugh it off. Like it was nothing. So, um, if you're not that, then don't buy anything <laughs> when I buy it. Um, I'm a bit more, I might gamble more than you might as well. Anyway. So that's, uh, Kujira is looking decent though here. I have, I know nothing about the Kujira, um, I think Lily down here was like, "Hey, you should look into Manta on my tweets." I was like, "I don't. I haven't been buying a whole lot of sub tokens on this year. I've been focused primarily on primary coins, not for any particular big reason, except that I've sort of found the coins I really like and I'm happy with them. And like, I'm not about to put outsized money into like DAP tokens and stuff. And and not only that, but have to deal with the various like, you know, tax lots and shit and whatever else like." I just can't be bothered with all that this year. I'm not interested in uh, complicated taxes and a bunch of DeFi shenanigans. So to me, I'm just buying layer ones. I'm sure plenty of people like to play on those things worldwide. But for US users, it's just a fucking pain in the ass right now to mess with these kind of tax, all the various tax implications. And I'm not going to have it. <laughs> like I'm just not going to waste the time. I want, I've been mostly buying things that I know for sure that I can get easy tax statements for and, um, you know, you know, like not get in trouble with the government or whatever. Um, let's see what else is there. So, um, that about what I happen to own, um, let's see here. Um, like some of the other things like injective, um, have been consolidating, uh, injective hit a top of about 45. It's recently dropped all the way down to 30 and kind of like building, building a, new base here um just because there's so many shillers in injective the odds it does fine are pretty good but bear in mind that in the past when it's had big run-ups it has had um i remember like let's see april 16 2023 all the way to november 2023 was a pretty long consolidation range so it would not surprise me at all given that we're at just a much higher market cap for injective that this thing could go sideways and justifiably so for oh, I don't know, like six months or more, um, it could pull back to like $25, which is the breakout level. Um, although that seems a little bit too easy of a buy zone. 
it could just head up to like 59 and then kind of range underneath that afterwards. So I think uh, when I talk about price ranges, we're talking about fibs on scales that are like 25 to $59, 25 to $91. So when we're talking about ranging in crypto, we're talking about a very wide percentage basis, right? And But we're talking about a breakout from injective of prices at the bottom of the like bear market of $1.20. It's riding $37 right now. So when we're talking about range bound and going sideways, we're talking about plus or minus 80% shifts in price level. So just be careful when we're talking about these things, especially the higher the price goes, the bigger the downside range becomes relative to your new position that you might have purchased. So, um, so yeah, injective, is it a bad buy here? Probably not. I kind of predicted it would probably go to about $93. Um, you know, which would be like three fib ex- two fib extensions above prior high, and that would be kind of a conservative top. Um, I don't even know if it'll be a seasonal top. It could run even higher, but I don't know. I think that's a the ninety dollar range, like ninety three dollar fib, conforms with like a hundred dollar meme effect. Oh, you know, injective is going to go to a hundred dollars. You know that that type of meme effect, price meme magnet. Um, and I think 93 is a good sell spot for Injective if you own it. Um, so there's that. Um, Autism, which is like uh, Bruce's project, um, has pulled back nicely. Um, so if you're in support of his thing and want to throw a little bit in there, um, it has right now pulled back to where? Let me pull it up. It is available on CoinGecko, so you can add it to your price list if you want. And, you know, uh, Bruce will stay busy talking about that for. Um, indefinitely. So that's a good sign <laughs> usually that, uh, and, and all of, and all of his friends like myself and everybody else, um, it's down to, um, like a one cent level or 1.1 cent level. And, um, it's pulled back 61% from its high. And it's basically an injective meme coin. It's going to tend to, because it's on an AMM, uh, with injective, so it's pairing is the autism injective pairing on Astroport. Um, it's also on Helix and a few other places, I believe now. It's going to have a tendency to um, run with injective, and it's going to have a tendency to pull back if injective pulls back. And the reason is because that's just how AMMs work. That's um, an automatic rebalancing system. So um, one sort of general trick about things like meme coins and whatnot is that they tend to run where, when their primary ecosystem token runs, like injective runs and this will. But um, you have to be careful in that, like let's say a meme coin were to be released at the bottom of the market when the primary token of that market is also at the bottom. Like you really have wind in your sails for the price to go up. Um, however, if a meme coin gets released while something has like an ecosystem has pumped like crazy, um, if that ecosystem coin dumps, most definitely your meme coin will also dump with it. So that's something to be always aware of. Like it's just the way these AMMs work um, in that like what you almost definitely don't want to do is uh, let's say you're at the top of a bear market or a bull market, I'm sorry. And like prices have pumped like crazy. Let's say Bitcoin is like 150K or something crazy. And everything has just gone apeshit. 
What you do not want to do is chase meme coins in various ecosystems at those levels because they will be absolutely crushed when price starts to fall um, for the primary ecosystem tokens. So I think we're early enough at this point in a lot of these markets. Everything's kind of like in the first one third of its like price action. If you look at sort of typical bull market metrics, um, you know, if like, you know, you would expect BTC to maybe 2x off its all time high, maybe, maybe to 150K. That means we're already one third of the way there, right? Or, you know, a fourth of the way there. Um, so I think there's plenty of room to go up and um, for meme coins and different things now. But definitely when you get into the um, like BTC breaks all time high and is kind of running and, you know, everything you have is mooning, like that's when you start to sell out. Um, do not wait till the very end at all. In fact, even if you're a year early selling, it's fine. But um, but you don't want to like try to time all that nonsense. Um, that's why you want to be super super early, so you have really big multiples very early on. And um, I think autism's um, market cap right now is like five billion. Bruce already burned like fifty five percent of the supply, and we'll probably keep like playing and burning with more of it. And a lot of it went to a lot of small wallets. Um, like been hand, people have been handing it out left and right um, to um, uh, different folks. So uh, uh, it's kind of, that's kind of the, the the game here is to hand it out, get some and hand out to as many people as you can is sort of uh, what the game plan is for that one right now. Anyway, um, but yeah, if you want to support that, pick up some autism, whatever. Um, and it's at a super low market cap and um, Bruce will continue to do all sorts of fun shit with it, I'm sure. Um, anyway, um, let's see here. What else is interesting? Um, let's see. Neutron, which is like a Cosmos side chain. Uh, it's pulled back from $1.71 to about $1.37. Um, I originally picked it up at like, I don't know, 60 cents or something. and um, I sold my Neutron lately to buy some Atom because it, Atom was down the most. And um, that worked out well. I think Neutron is still, um, it's gone up quite a lot, like to a billion dollar market cap in a relatively short period of time. Since like October till now, it's pumped a lot. Um, part of that's because it's available on a lot of exchanges and it's backed by Binance Labs. But um, uh does it need a consolidation here it may not i don't know but like it wouldn't surprise me if this thing dropped all the way back down to the price i bought it at at 60 cents um i put some alarms in i think my first alarm for this one is at 75 cents which it did hit um by the way on uh january 1st so there's very very soft floor on this thing and it can dump even with a modest amount of selling by any kind of whale so i think with this one um I'm interested again at probably 75 cents, maybe 60 cents if it gets there. Um, and um, yeah, if we get a correction of some kind, that's kind of where I'm at with that one. Um, other ones here, let's see. Luna sort of like is below resistance um, again. Uh, resistance for Luna um, is right at around 75 cents. Uh, which is where there's kind of like a fib level. Um, Luna ran to like a dollar sixteen. Um, 
unlocks for people who own Luna, uh, 50% of most or more of many of your unlocks have already been cleared. So you can technically unstake and sell if you want to. Um, one thing that people have been buying with their Luna has been Astroport. And Astroport has been running probably partly as a result of Luna unlocks, but partly because like Astroport is now an injective and Terra. And um, it has um, some good like cross-chain stuff happening with it. So um, I do have some X-Astro that I hold on to. I don't have very much of it. I've never been like a mega fan of little dex tokens and things. Um, you know, they're, they tend to be very, fairly high risk and have like, I don't know, usually shitty tokenomics and stuff, but I have a little bit that I just kind of held on to and it's done well. Um, I think I've like two X to my Astro position since I bought it, um, using some of my, uh, Luna that was, uh, uh, that I earned some yield on. I just converted to Astroport. And if you own the X Astro, it's, um, X Astro basically accrues value because it's a kind of like a liquid staked type of token and its value increases relative to Astro as the um, like LP yields and staking yields or whatever fees go to Astro holders and its yield has been quite high. So X Astro is not a bad hold um, if you're on the Terra ecosystem or on the injective ecosystem. Um, I have a little bit of it. It's almost barely worth talking about, quite frankly, but it's a little bit. Um, will it do really well? I don't know. I know Bruce bought a lot more than I did, so he's more interested in it. Um, he's more good friends with some of the Delphi people as well, like Jose and some others. So I think he tends to support that as well. And and um, like uh, some of these projects, if you keep your ear to the ground, you get more inside information or early information, I'd say, early alpha. As um, and and um, Astroport's going to have a lot of things happening with it. Um, it's kind of I think it'll be like the next biggest Dex next to Osmosis, most likely. Um, maybe Kajira Finn. So Kajira Finn, Astroport, and um, and Osmosis, I think, are going to be in the running for some of the biggest Dexes. Uh, if you like. Um, Dex tokens, that is, and Dex tokens have a lot of interesting problems. But Astroport is probably going to solve that by reinstating the Astro Wars idea, which is going to be coming back. So that's where, like, the more Astro you have, the more you can vote for yield incentives. It's very similar to the Curve Wars. So, um, yeah, there'll there'll be a point where like there's FOMO by various protocols and stuff to hold X Astro, and um, its market cap right now is a. 119 million at the moment so it's not particularly cheap at its current level um but it's okay um if you want to gamble a little bit of you know luna yield or something on it's probably fair um what else here but if you think about it like astroport's market cap is like one-fifth that of luna itself or one almost one-fourth actually uh so it's 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 valued fairly highly i would say um compared to say Luna, which is at 435 million or Kujira at 473 million. So like a Dex coin being worth one fourth of that is probably a bit high. So that's the warning there. Um, what else here? Um, 
I think uh, I did pick up Optimism, which is one of the um, layer twos on um, uh, Ethereum, and it's been doing well. I think it's a good leverage bet on Ethereum. Um, Optimism, uh, Arbitrum, these things should pump if Ethereum continues to grow. And I pretty much planned that if Optimism buy as like a, maybe a 3x, I got a small position in it. Nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, and that's that one. Um, another one that is on Cosmos DeFi, Lavana, LVN. I think they definitely had some growing pains and they wrecked my initial position with some market making shenanigans. And uh, I think uh, at this point, like the price is probably sufficiently wrecked. Um, it's running at a market cap of, I think, 100 million as well. But Levana's system sort of is pretty cool. Um, it's a um, perps trading platform similar to DYDX on Osmosis. It's supported by Osmosis because it's a native permissioned Osmosis um, uh, perps platform. And um, I think uh, at this point, um, it's at a price you could probably gamble on it if you assume that uh, Cosmos DeFi is going to go up in value then this is another one that'll probably pump um, given sufficient time. Um, it's definitely one of these long-term hold type things at this price level though. So even though I have a bag and it's down, I'm not going to try to like shill it to you or whatever. Like um, this is one that like, I don't know, if you see dips in it on LVN, you can consider getting some, but um, it's one to maybe add to, you know, like a coin gecko list or whatever, and maybe set some alarms and then pick some up if it just, like giga dumps or something. Um, but um, uh, I don't think it's um, like, I think it'll move only because Levon is popular and people are likely to buy the, the protocol token just as a matter of like, just, you know, just for fun or whatever. Um, okay. So that's that one. Um, let's see. We covered Neutron. We covered Doge, Litecoin, Ethereum, Solana. Um, at its current level uh, is definitely starting to get into kind of like consideration range. I picked it up at 103. It's now at 93. Um, it's resistance uh, fib levels at 122. And um, like the next level down is 69. I'd say set an alarm for Solana at 69. Um, it's a nice little sexual number as well. You can set it another fib level. Um, I don't think it'll get back to 45 again. It's just too popular this season for whatever reason. Um, I think 69 would be like the magic zone. So maybe like around 70 ish, you might have a limit order for Solana. Um, it's uh, all time high, of course, is like 259 or so, 260. And I think the probability of getting that is pretty good um, just because it is, um, it's just popular this season, no other reason. So if you want like a momentum play, um Solana dip is probably fine. I bought a little bit just to fuck around with it, honestly, just for diversification and just to sort of see if it runs. Um, but there's people in my family that have bought this thing like under 20 bucks. So <laughs> like uh uh if it does well, um my brother's gonna do really well. Um anyway, uh let's see here. Um other things, yeah. So Zephyr um it's charts back to sort of support level. Um, it uh, has built very good, a nice volume support bar again at around 17 bucks, which is where it is now. It's trickling down to 16 or so, but it seems like people are buying right 
before it hits that 1580 level that it was at before. Um, I added some twice already. Um, and um, it's, it's definitely at a, um, a reasonable price range right now. Um, I have been using the, the Zephy wallet, the one that uh, Dememe Tree sort of memed after me. I mean, named after me, <laughs> memed after me. Uh, you kind of like make fun of Zephy. He called it Zephy and Z-E-P-H-I-I. Uh, you can download the wallet. It's pretty good on App Store. Um, and it's working great. Like I've been using it. Um, you can just type in your seed phrase into it. And it will um, basically, you, the trick with it is though, with Zephyr Wallet, you have to make sure you download the entire um, node history that includes all the blocks of all the price action that you actually um, participated in. So I would just like load the entire block history from block one into your wallet. And that way um, it'll pull in your whole price history of Zephyr and it'll show all your positions. So some people have been confused by how that shit works. Um, it, it does take a little bit the first time to load your, your history into the, the system. Once you know, like, hey, what block heights did I buy all my shit at? Then you can you can put that in as your sort of default baseline number. You don't need the entire price history of the thing. You only need your your coins to show up in the wallet. And by having the right block height, um, you can make that happen. Um, anyway, but it's at like $17.10. I definitely picked up some more at this level. Um, every time I buy it, it, it creates a little bit of slippage. So a lot of times like when you when you buy any substantial amount it you might like get like 20 cents worth of slippage or 30 cents worth of slippage definitely it's one on mexc where you do a little bit better if you break up your buys into multiple buys versus uh buying all at once so that you don't get too much uh price impact there um but yeah i'm pr getting pretty happy with my zephyr bag i'd like it um to be a little bit bigger so if like if we do reach that $15 level, I'll add um, maybe one more big position to go, and I'll be pretty happy with that. Um, it's Zephyr's reproducing the Caspa chart almost in, exactly. Um, Caspa did a run like this and then sort of pull back, and then it took about three months to reach its like prior high at this like market cap level. So we hit $52 and something like 130 mil market cap. We are now at like $17 and we are down at like, I don't know, 45 or 40 mil market cap right now. And um, it, the time it took Caspa to reach back to its um, like prior high at these market cap levels was about three months from top to top. We have now gone about two months on Zephyr and we're putting in a pretty good like flattening bottom. Uh, hash rate has been really ripping by the way like the hash rate this morning was like 2.85 um giga hash per second which for cpu mind is quite decent um and it is consistently now staying above monero's level um keep repeating this but like monero's market cap is about 2.7 billion zephyr's at 40 million so <laughs> if hash rate predicts anything about price which it generally does predict somewhat because the higher the hash rate, the more secure a network is. Um, but at the same time, the higher the hash rate, the more inflation might be. Um, I have mined so far about getting close to six Zephyr since I started mining about late. I think it was like the last week of November that I got my rigs working and shit. 
Um, so I mined about six Zephyr and I'm going to just keep running these miners for the next several years and really just hodling my coins, taking them off the market, making the hash rate more difficult so that other people who are not hodlers, um, can't get their coins to sell. So, um, the mining is partly to secure the network and partly just to, you know, to doing my, my part to increase the difficulty, um, as, and being a hodler to hold the coin and, uh, just hide it in my wallet. Um, but yeah, mining, this is quite easy. If you haven't done it yet and you'd like to, um, pretty easy to do. Just any kind of PC will work, but you can even do it on a Mac if you want, but you get the best results on AMD Ryzen based chips. Um, AMD 7950 is what I would recommend if you're buying a new computer for this. A computer that is built for this runs approximately $900 plus or minus whatever luxury shit you want in your computer. Um, that's like without keyboard mouse or anything, uh, runs about that. Um, you don't really need keyboard mouse or monitor for this. You might hook one up just to set things up, but then afterwards, um, you can just run this. I've, my rig has been running for the last month straight with no problems. Um, and I haven't had to touch it again. So it's basically just a money printer at that point. Um, my two rigs produced at current Zephyr price, about a hundred dollars worth. Um, if you believe that like, Zephyr will reach $3 billion market cap levels, um, which I think is um, not unreasonable compared to a lot of other coins and projects that have done this. Um, then you're talking about something like $1,000 per coin. So like my theoretical six coins that I've mined so far, if if it truly it becomes worth 6000 bucks, then that clearly handles the price of the mining. So I think that's part of why the mining is so popular right now, because um, I think people are seeing stars and and um, expecting high price gains. Even if you get to a billion dollar mark cap, you're talking about four hundred dollars effort, um, and that would pretty much pay for my computers already with just a month of mining. So, um, you know, and even if on a conservative basis, like even if you only get to two hundred fifty mil market cap or something, you know, you're going to basically pay for the mining within what under a year. So it's fine. So the mining is pretty fun. I would definitely. Um, recommend doing it if you haven't done so pretty easy if you have a pc go to the zephyrs um zephyrprotocol.com and uh you'll get instructions on there um uh as far as how to mine uh, um and you, it basically used the exact same mining um software as monero which is xm rig so you're not really downloading anything brand new it's the exact same um xm rig off their github um, so it's very safe um, and uh, does a good job securing this network. So remember, Zephyr is a Monero fork. So it's pretty much a copy of the Monero uh, protocol as far as the hashing and security algorithm. Um, and then it added on top of that using a an Oracle, it used DJED protocol, DJED, which is a decentralized stablecoin protocol to produce the Z Zephyr ZSD um, like stablecoin, and it's very over collateralized, a minimum 400%. Right now, it's 1300% over collateralized. Um, so, um, pretty quite secure. And I, I look at the stable dollar for Zephyr as really more of a convenience feature. To me, it's like if Zephyr, it didn't even have any of that, and all it was was a Monero fork, that's a pretty good start because it's such a low market cap with high upside. But uh, the addition of these new innovations, as well as some additional security innovations that Zephyr added, like the ability to create like external extra privacy wallets. So if you're in your wallet and you want to 
send someone um, or like, let's say you wanted to receive uh, money from somebody, you can actually create a brand new wallet address fresh. And when people send to that receive wallet, that money will go into your main wallet. But the like, you know, no one's going to know what your main wallet address is. Um, not only will they not know what your main wallet address is, when you send out, you could actually send out um, to like, um, if you don't want to be known what your primary wallet address is, you can send to another wallet first, and that will create like another privacy bridge and send out from there. And no one's going to know what your primary wallet address is there either. So once like your money has left your primary wallet to a secondary wallet, nobody knows where it went. And I mean, that's nobody. That's not the protocol, not a government, not an exchange, nobody. So um, I would advise like if you have a Zephyr wallet and you haven't created a, a pure one that doesn't is not connected to an exchange, I would do so. That way nobody knows where your your Zephyr is. And um, that's a good general general tactic here i have an extra wallet i keep just for mining and stuff too so um you know that's a that's a reasonable place to do that as well so but you don't really have to have a separate mining wallet and a separate main wallet you can just use all the same one if you like um anyway uh pretty cool stuff um anyone that looks at your wallet can't know what's inside your wallet anyway so if you you know use it for public purposes or whatever feel free uh, that's the cool thing about Zephyr is if you want to pay someone with it, like let's say you have a crypto business and you pay your employees or something with crypto, you can just send them ZSD or you can send them um, Zephyr itself, uh, completely private, and no one's going to know it's in your wallet. That's the beauty of it, right? So um, it's it's very useful in that, um, like let's say you pay five employees and you don't want the different employees to know how much the other ones are paid. No one can do any kind of wallet history on you to, to argue, hey, you pay that guy this much or you pay this guy this much. Um, you can pay whoever you want, however much you want, and it won't be trackable. So that, um, so because privacy is really important for like managing like employees and things like that. Um, unless you literally want to have a separate wallet to pay each employee that you've now, like it's, it's absurd. So crypto is kind of stupid in that way in that, in that without native privacy, um, it makes uh, actual transactions uh, real world transactions, fairly complicated. So, uh, privacy is not just for like people that don't want illegal shit. It's for normal people who don't want, you know, to not want to reveal their corporate or personal like transaction history. Um, so it is an important, uh, important thing, despite what, uh, the government might have, might have you believe. Um, let's see here. Although, uh, technically it, it, it is actually easier to commit crimes and shit with crypto. But at the same time, if you don't have privacy, it's way easier for other people to commit crimes against you. So um, like then there's a lot more non-criminals than there are actual criminals. So how, you know, even though they make it a big deal, like, oh, criminals are going to do this and that. The reality is like, like probably 99% of people or let's say 97% of people in any given country are not criminals. And therefore it penalizes those people that uh, need the privacy um, if when governments overreach these things. Anyway, but I think Zephyr's, protocol and team they've been shown to produce cool shit um they're working on further decentralization of their oracle network producing cool stuff and um i'm in support of uh, whatever they're doing i have never met the team members they're anonymous um which is good any type of protocol like this you do not want a team that can be either nabbed or um be blamed for something or whatever 
Um, but the cool thing about Monero is like, there's nothing you can blame anyone for because nobody knows what the fuck's in the wallet. Like, like it's a decentralized proof of work system like Monero. And the reality is, is that if you do something when you're within your wallet, like convert Zephyr to ZSD stablecoin, no one's going to know. If you convert back, no one's going to know. Um, if uh, criminals decide to do something with it, whether, you know, with any crypto for that matter, that's their business. No one's going to know. So, um, on the other hand, if you do legit transactions, no one's going to know. Um, so it's like basically privacy for all, for whatever that's worth. Um, so it's, it either fits with your ID. These things either fit with your ideology at some level or they don't. Um, and, uh, I think the, the good outweighs any bad when it comes to, to crypto related privacy personally. Uh, and, but the wallet's great. Um, you can, um, type in your seed phrase into it and uh, it doesn't allow copy and paste. You got to add one word at a time. So be aware of that. So if you're going from desktop to this, but unlike the desktop, I'd say it's a little bit easier to use because you don't have to use like that. You know, you don't have to use that login file and then you don't have to, you know, save a separate password and whatever. Um, the Zephyr wallet works really good. Uh, DMT did a great job putting that together. And um, it's fun to have like a play on my name on the, on the actual wallet, which is fun. Um, so, <laughs> so I did not create the wallet. I have nothing to do with it, except the fact that it's sort of like quasi named after me. And I think it's a kind of a cool thing. So the, the people that are in the Zeph ecosystem are based on the Zephii, Z-E-P-H-I-I. -I. It's like the plural word. It's like Zephii, the stars. Um, but yeah, Zephii, it's like a cool, um, little name and we're enjoying watching this play out. Um, and I think he has some more uh, ideas for that as far as implementation of different information in the wallet. And also he was planning to, I think he's been coding a Android wallet lately. So if you have Android, you should be able to get a wallet with that as well. Um, the code for this has been signed off by the Zephyr team and they retweeted it and stuff. So I think um, it's, uh, all he did was really just re-implement the exact same code that's on the GitHub for the main wallet and just stuck it in a, iphone um package basically so pretty cool stuff um although i am neither the dev nor the um like a security auditor so don't take my word for it um if you want the very very official wallet for zephyr protocol go to their website and the, their wallet is essentially a fork of a monero wallet so they didn't really design anything new uh from the perspective of the primary cryptography related to Monero. Uh, the only thing they added was the ability to use like um, guest addresses or whatever to, to be able to send and, you know, I mean, basically receive to new private wallet addresses. Outside of that, um, I don't believe um, they have added anything fundamentally new. Um, the protocol, of course, has DJED. Um, it would be very cool if they incorporate like CCIP from Chainlink somehow, or they were able to incorporate like Cosmos IBC, that would be damn cool. Because then you could actually just transfer into to Cosmos. Um, I don't know if that's actually feasible with proof of work networks, if it's possible to incorporate like the CCIP or um, Cosmos IBC, but that would be damn cool. It would make it super useful to be able to like transfer in and out of a privacy wallet. It'd be amazing. Um, so hopefully they work on something like that. Um, let's see. Uh, in general, while we've been talking, the market's been slowly climbing. BTC is like back up to 43K and climbing. Adam's up to 1027. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier. 
I think uh, it'd be very bullish for Cosmos if Adam clears like um, if it closes Sunday, tomorrow's candle close above 1150, that would be really bullish. So if you guys want to paint a chart and support Adam, get some. And I think Cosmos will do really well. It, if you can put a bullish engulfing in on this last dump and uh, hit about 1150, that's super bullish for Cosmos now. And I think you'll see a relatively good uptrend beyond that to about uh, 16 bucks if, I, if I'm not wrong. So uh, anyway. Uh, keep an eye on that. Otherwise, uh, I think that covers the vast majority of shit that I tend to watch. Um, if anyone has any kind of comments about some coins or whatever that they own or want to know some chart levels or something like that, hop up, let me know. I can kind of chart some shit for you and point out some alarm areas if you like to hold, keep alarms on. Um, but, uh, yep, just having fun just playing around on here. Mm, happy, you had any questions or anything? Happy you there? Happy tends to show up but not necessarily have anything to add. <laughs> so it's uh, it helps if you come hang out here to, to contribute or whatever, add some things, add some useful questions or whatever. We can kind of dig into them a little bit. Um, but yeah, hopefully everyone's kind of like uh, learned a little bit of just sort of strategy and analysis as we talk this stuff through um more than anything it's not about necessarily individual coins or whether you should buy or sell but like having a methodology that you've sort of put together and um i would point out too the methodology is different if it's a fresh coin meaning that there's no prior price history and it's relative price discovery this last year versus coins that already have a prior price history and resistance. So anything that was existing before the prior bear market or prior bull market, that would be considered kind of an old coin at this point. Anything that emerged during the bull bear market would be considered a fresh coin. That would be something like a Kujira or a Zephyr. Um, and these things typically have a very different sort of price action than things with prior resistance. So prior coins that have been around longer are generally safer. They've been battle tested. They have, you know, but at the same time they have resistance and therefore like the upside is not as quick, not as exciting, but your position might be less volatile and maybe perhaps, you know, a little bit more secure. Uh, maybe you can put more outsized amounts in those things. But I tend to, so this year, just sort of like for reference, um, I put a fair amount into, I guess my biggest lowest cap um, holdings right now, um, for the absolute lowest cap, I, the, my largest position is Zephyr, and I continue to build on it um, just because I like the, I love the idea of the thing, so I'm willing to support it money. Um, and then in the, um, like 400 to 500 million market cap, I still have my Luna. I've got Kujira. Um, I would say that my Kuji position has gotten pretty big. Um, so yeah, for, for more outsized gains, I'm looking at these coins. Um, for the more moderate gains, which might be like, you know, five to 10x type numbers, um, or Chainlink might even be a 20x, I'm looking at, um, yeah, Chainlink and a few, a few, and Adam and a few other things like that. So 
um, yeah, you should have different things depending on like what portfolio you want to expose to a certain amount of risk, um, both volatility risk and um, downside risk. Um, you know, like volatility risk, meaning like if it's something you need to spend your money on to pay the mortgage or something, you probably don't want to be putting it in something super volatile um, or that is not at like relative support. Like, so for example, Litecoin at this level, I mean, the odds, like if I needed to go spend it on something that I could, you know, like if I had to sell it today are pretty good that I'm going to be in the green or very like close to baseline price that I'm not going to lose very much money. Whereas if I go buy and, you know, Kujira today and it dips $2 now I have to go buy a cheeseburger. Now I'm getting half a cheeseburger. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just kind of pay attention to where the price is on a particular chart. Um, is it more at the bottom? Is it more mid-market? Is it more topped um, compared to where you bought it? And um, ideally, you want to have the most, like as many positions as possible, either neutral or in the green as possible. That makes it flexible so that if you want to sell, you could. And if you wanted to buy something that happened to dip, you could. Um, and, um, I, I think having a, like, a, you know, probably like 12 to 20 different coins allows you to, um, keep a very close eye on the market, have some things that are higher market cap, mid market, low market cap, have some like things that are like, maybe, you know, maybe you have an AI narrative theme, or maybe you have, a something that's like a utility infrastructure type theme thing or two, um, you know, and so have some things that are really high quality where teams are building like outstanding shit, like a chain link or have things that are um, being shielded really hard. Like, you know, if something's really being shielded by wizard or something, fuck it, just have some, um, no big deal. Like, you know, there's going to be a tendency to be a bunch of dip buyers on those heavily shielded things. Um, so yeah, like having a variety of things with different rationality. Um, you know, I have a little bit of Dogecoin, for example, I have some autism. So have a little bit of meme coin or whatever, have some fun. Um, so yeah, like having a variety of things will give a give you a better feel for what the market's doing. Even if you own just a little bit, like or just go on CoinGecko and buy like not buy, but like you know enter in one one coin of each thing that you think is interesting, and that way you'll have uh, write a write, put in a buy for that. So what'll happen is on your portfolio it'll show you what price you bought at, and that one coin you'll be able to see like you paper trading, ooh, that's down 10% or that's down 30%. Or you know what? All my other shit went up 10%, but this one's down 20%. Maybe I'll get a little bit of this one. So you can basically be dip buying a lot easier if you have like a portfolio manager that you're watching and uh, and uh, you know you can uh, you know use that to sort of identify some stuff that's at a discount. So that's kind of the thing. Like if in a bull market everything can go up, um, and in a bear market, everything can go down. Like you, you almost want the stuff that, in some ways, has dipped the most, but has good potential. I mean, if it's just dipping because it sucks and it's not going to ever go back up again, <laughs> there are a few of those things, but not many. But you don't necessarily want to like pile into stuff that is stupid too. So if you have at least a modest amount of like um, optimism for that particular chain or that particular you know project or whatever you think that it's you know development is good etc you're willing to take some risk in it but you know you only want to buy it when it dips this is the way to do this is keep keep close track um but yeah i think that's kind of most of what i was going to say um yep adam is slowly climbing I'm watching this thing I, I need this sucker to go above like oh 
Um, yeah, 11.50 on Adam, if they can pump to that between today and tomorrow. Um, that's what it needs to have like, like, like kind of the right upside looking chart that after a BTC dump, it outperforms BTC. Um, and why this matters is because where Adam goes, the probability that the rest of the ecosystem in Cosmos will go is really high. And um, let me pull up the Adam BTC chart actually. Um, yeah, so Adam is rising on the Adam BTC's chart. It's double bottomed. So I think it's looking really, really hot now. So if you didn't believe in Adam before, man, it dumped to like <laughs> some serious BTC lows. Um, not as bad as some other coins. Um, it's actually held up sideways action versus BTC. But man, does Adam run. When it runs, um, like it wouldn't surprise me if it does like a, a 4 to 10x from here. Uh, over the next uh maybe like year or so year or two so um definitely one to hold on to if you haven't uh, if you still have it uh, i've been adding to it personally um anyway uh if anyone has any other comments oh Ander is wanting to jump up second here let me grab some to you while he's coming up stock portfolio did well yesterday so i'm really looking to try to swap to some maybe some BTC um, within that, or maybe sell some stock and buy more crypto. <laughs> so I'm hoping for a dump so that I can arb the difference between my 20% or so gain in the stock market and um, take some of that and dump it into something that's cheap. In fact, I've been, I've been having weird dreams about buying Litecoin with my stock portfolio. Sounds completely insane, but um, I think it's really fashionable. I mean, it'll work. And are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Sefi. Um, long time listener, first time speaker. I'm curious. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm curious if you, I haven't heard you talk about um, BitTensor or Tau, um, which I've been kind of, it's a new coin. Um, yeah. It's down about 40. Up. It's run quite a bit, um, but it's pulled back, I think, probably 45% at this point. Um, um, what's the main use case of it? Just for it basically, it's essentially the so it kind of gets billed as like an AI proof of work AI coin. It's got a twenty one million. It's really based kind of the structure is based on Bitcoin. So twenty one million is limited it like AI legit use case or one of these like bullshit narrative type things. Which no, it's of. it's legit use case. So. It's What's it's also, legit? yeah, it's legit in the sense that basically it's comprised of a whole bunch of what they call subnets and each subnet essentially corresponds to what they're calling digital commodities of which intelligence is just one. So okay. really any kind of digital commodity, it could be storage, it could be GPU power, it could be various forms of, uh, you know, inference, you know, modeling work generation creation basically can all be turned into a commodity. I think right now there's something like 20 subnets. Um, the plan and kind of the long arc of time is to have thousands of subnets. They're about to introduce, or they have just introduced a new, um, uh, basically a new proposal that pits competition between the various subnets. Um, to essentially incentivize um, quality and competition between the various groups um, within the within the chain. 
pretty interesting. I've you know still just been kind of digging into it, but I'm curious given that it's a new coin, it has run quite a bit along with the rest of the AI stuff. But yeah. because it doesn't have previous, you know, at some point it's going to go back into price discovery, and I'm quite curious about kind of where this thing could really go given because it's again it's not just an intelligence play it's really like any kind of digital commodity so it's it's it has you know also similar having structure 21 million limit like bitcoin does just feels like because of its real like they actually just released um related to you actually Is what's it, that it's like how do you mine this thing like yeah so it's it's kind of a, my understanding is that it's a bit novel. So the one side is proof of work um, because basically the whole concept behind it was the guy who started it looked at Bitcoin and was basically like, we're spending all this energy to secure, essentially just secure the network of Bitcoin. What if we could take all of that energy and not just secure the network, but actually use that energy towards you know, developing AI models or or doing other kinds of digital commodity um, creation. The the idea is like you're not just hashing; you're you're actually using that competition. Exactly, exactly. Which is something kind of advocating for for years. Like I think that's a direction worth going in. Um, now it's like let's look at like its numbers. It's got a total supply now of six mil with a max supply twenty one mil. Does it have scale emissions? Like how does it pay? Like after the, the the cap here. Good question. I don't know. So that's going to be an interesting thing because, like, technically, Zephyr, for example, has a has an eighteen million sort of like main mining cap, and then it has some tail emissions to afterwards for many years after that. So otherwise, you have the Bitcoin problem again, right? Where you don't have a way to pay miners afterwards. So that's an interesting thing. Um, now that doesn't make any difference in the short term as far as like price action, probably. Um, its market cap right now is 1.3 billion, which is not too too high, um, and its fully diluted valuation is still 1.3 because technically all the supply is circulating because only the mine supply exists. Um, looking at its um, sort of like if you draw fibs from like the $29 bottom, I think up to that's the, this is the chart on Mexi yep. to the $395 top. Um, what was the bottom? All-time low is technically $31. So I'm missing a little price history here. Uh, actually, like on MXC, it was 29 That's pretty close. Um, for some reason, CoinGecko says 31 but whatever. Um, but you can draw really cohesive fibs on this now. And uh, if you use the $395 top, um, let me bookmark this one just so I have it for future reference here. One minute. Um, here um yeah so uh it, from 395 it pulled back to all the way down to 193 already and now it's at 218 um so if we have like a bit more of a, a bearish run coming the next few months i could probably retest like the 145 dollar level um but the fib extension that comes next after 395 is 803, which would be like a 2x off of its high. So that would, yeah, like $800 level. And that would put it at like, I think, 4 billion market cap or something like that. Um, I like, is there anybody actually using this thing yet? 
Yeah. Like, is it just basic? like is it more like okay, it can do this, but nobody's actually using it for anything? No, they're definitely using it. There's each subnet, basically each validator um, is a front end, essentially like a you know a website that's essentially like a Chat GPT or you know uh, you know. Um, uh, equivalent kind of function. So it could be, you know, like a chat bot, it could be text to image. Um, I wanted to actually post this thing to you because one of the things that actually was just developed uh, or that just came out of it is actually um, they successfully uh, identified using a BitTensor validator front end um, diagnoses of various uh, lung diseases. Um, so it's basically like the medical application of one of the the BitTensor validators. Um, I'm gonna see if I can post this into the chat for you to take a look at. Hmm, okay. And it does make sense to do your research during like pullbacks <laughs> because that's when the price of stuff is you know, more acceptable. And I've heard about Tau for quite some time now and like people talking about it all last year. I never really sort of like pulled the trigger to buy some. It is available on Mexi by the way. So many people about Zephyr are already on Mexi as well. So if you wanna get, there you go. Yep. Yeah, I picked up a little bit. I think at two thirty four. Um, I just posted like, the like a heavy bag for you, light one wet. Uh, I would call it a. I'd call it a medium. It had come down quite a bit, and I, you know, was prepared if it went lower to basically, you know, add more. Wait. Sorry, I think you cut out on me. At what what levels did you get? Two thirty four. Okay, you're down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried about it because I think that you know we're still early, but I'm just kind of thinking, just kind of thinking through this new use case because it's kind of like you know, um, I'm trying to imagine a future in which you essentially have a, a basically a blockchain that represents a marketplace for every possible imaginable digital commodity. Um, mm. That to me feels like a very interesting and compelling project that is not just limited to intelligence, quote unquote, you know, but includes it, but also includes essentially really absorbs all of these other projects, you know, Filecoin, storage kind of. Uh, I wonder how your thing is, like as far as like individual nodal networks and so just in general. I guess we don't really know. So one, like how is it like a singular blockchain that holds the value and then like, and then has these extra nodal things like kind of like chain link in that regard, probably. Hmm, yeah. I don't, I don't understand enough about it or probably uh, more generally to, to know, but like what research things. Mm, yeah. These things, I guess, um, so it had its like breakout run from seventy eight dollars or so to around three ninety five. That was kind of its most recent run, um, which is kind of a modest run. I guess the the coin must have opened at a fairly high IPO type type price. So like the bottom was twenty nine dollars, and then it ran to four hundred from the bottom. It's a pretty good run. Um, it's like a ten x, um, which is pretty typical with the. And now it's pulled back, and and um, depending on how the overall market does, generally, you're likely to see a at least three month 
consolidation here to break prior high would be very common with these things. It's just like same thing with Zephyr. It's like Zephyr has been through like two months consolidation after its pump. Um, the tensor topped out at like December 11th week. And I'm just on a weekly chart here, but, um, and then now we're in the January 8th week and um, you're still kind of like, like headed down a little bit. Um, it is at the first FIB level. A lot of things, a lot of these things will retrace to FIB levels. So I would say like the, the meatiest buy here would probably be like 146, hmm. if not maybe even as low as 107. Yeah, because like if you look at Zephyr as a perfect case study, yeah, it went to 55, which is a 70% retracement, um, approximately down to like I think it went down to like 15 bucks, 15, 16. Now do the same thing. You say, okay, let's say that this will drop. Yeah, so the $107 level is at the minus 72% um, dip level. So yeah, so for this, I would set an alarm to like maybe 146 in fact let me do that now um on trading view here but that one at 146 just to see if we get a so the thing is like i have a bunch of coins so at this point it's like i want to get stuff that deep discount and i mentioned earlier like the stuff that's at the deep discount now is like like you know, and those things can make a 2x at the drop of a hat, like just any time. So you're comparing the opportunity cost of that to whatever else. Um, it's harder for something like this to make a 2x than something that's at bare bones, like, like bottom of the market level numbers. So I think that's part of how I decide what to get and like where to set my alarms. So like, well, what is the opportunity cost in terms of what else I can have? That is already pulled back. So, for example, right now, to me, Zephyr at a seventy percent pullback is probably a better buy than um, than Tau, which has now done a fifty percent pullback so far. Now, Tau may have more like social media presence, though. It's quite possible that like it doesn't do as deep of a pullback because it's maybe a bit more bullish. Perhaps I don't know. I'm not sure. What's your social media sent like sentiment one like is it really heavy it's quite I notice it's quite heavy i uh some some delphi people um post about it pretty frequently um a lot of the validators you know are have a pretty heavy presence um foundry which is a uh d c g company basically has gotten involved in it now. Um, so I think that, you know, because it's playing on this, the AI narrative, I think that, and it feels like it's probably one of the more kind of like all encompassing. Um, it's, I feel like it's treated as one of the more all encompassing kind of valid AI plays is the way that I experience it. Yeah, this is one of those where you'd really want to You'd really want to know what the tech actually does uh, in terms of developing kind of a you know a bullish thesis. What's the main um, what's the main um, web page for them? You know, it's like bittensor.com, maybe. maybe. Yeah, let me pull it up. 
that cool little graphic front page. Yeah, 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 yep, that's it. Mm, let me see. Like a lot of this stuff, you have to be careful. It's like it's a lot more vaporware than you think it is sometimes. <laughs> like, like what it does and what it can actually accomplish mm, in terms of any kind of true AI functions or computational functions. Mm. There were a lot of neat matrix math and shit on the, the website, on the white paper. It's one of these white papers that unless you're like a math guy with like understanding matrices, you're like, um, what am I looking at? Um, peer defined, uh, um, tensor standardizations, image, tensors, image, and text. Um, but the thing, like, tensor-based AI tech was sort of, like, mm, hot, like, five years ago. And, um, you know, they, they cite, like, Lacoon and some, you know, like, Jan Lacoon and some of his work. But people have moved somewhat away from tensor-based AI stuff, although it could make a comeback, I suppose. I'm not so sure. Like, it's possible that a lot of this was developed before, like, ChatGPT and stuff became big. Um, and um, <clears throat> people weren't really sure, like, which, which models were going to work best for LLMs and whatnot. But interesting, though. Mm. Not sure what all production Matina intelligence. There's an academia type of page on here that goes over some of this. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, ideally to make like decent AI work, you would need to have some hard drive space essentially. So maybe that's where the file space comes in. Right. Mm, to kind of do it all at one in, in one package. I'm just not, like, when you own this point, what are you doing exactly? So it's proof of work. Proof of work might, does it just secure the value of the coin, but not necessarily like do anything to the, yeah. How, how the co coin context relates to the actual underlying technological stack becomes a question mark is it just like the security token does it secure about it find like what is it um like read through this to figure it out but yeah there's an about page that looks like it's pretty good start reading through that abstracting competing markets the most powerful tool humanity has ever had for aligning digital resources. Humanistically open ownership systems are tools for bottom up placement of these resources directly, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, I have to go through this, but it seems like um, the information is either like really simple um, or not complex or, or too complex to understand depending if you read the white paper <laughs> to where it's nice it need, i need that like middle ground where i can ask these people questions like you know how does the token actually relate to the actual ecosystem and what are the limitations of this is it just like what kind of apps can you run on this anything or just tensor-based things or what 
Right. No, I think you can run. I think you can run anything, and um, I'm not t- completely sure, but I think that the token itself is just secures the network. You must have like, uh, like somebody has to be providing computation. Then, like, who is that? Right? Like, and how does that? It's so there's the 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 miners provide the computation, but then the validators aren't traditional validators. They're like um, each validator is essentially a, a like a front end provider that essentially has a service or of some kind, like a, a site that you can essentially go to that has like a chat function or a you know text to image or video or like the medical example Whatever. that I posted in the chat or um, you know has some specific model. Maybe it's a model that's applied to scientific knowledge or a model that's applied to you know astrophysics or you know whatever it is um, that's essentially you know usable on the on the front end. And they have some kind of so. I believe they have kind of this novel arrangement where it's a combination of proof of work and proof of stake, where the proof of work essentially is the miners who are who are doing all the computation, storage, et cetera. And then basically the validators serve kind of a different function, but then there's like this proof of yeah. stake uh, thing that works. I just, pulled, I just pull up the developer documentation. I'm looking at the install bit tensor. If anyone wants to follow along, it's docs.bittensor.com. And uh, what you've got here is the, it's talking about, okay, I'm looking at where you install this. So it's a Python um, code. You can install on Apple Silicon in Apple M1. That's a good sign. Um, Okay, so if it's using Apple M1 chips um, as a possible, let me see what else you can install it on. I'm assuming PC and Mac, it looks like. So, yeah, the following installation is Mac OS, Apple installing on Apple. Okay, it looks pretty easy. Um, you basically download the little the Tensor app or whatever. You run your Mac and um, you create a wallet. Obviously, connect that wallet to the mining rig. Um, and essentially, I, I think what's happening is, is you are contributing to process power um you're not just hashing tokens you are contributing processing power on the network i don't know how rewards block rewards are provided like is there i don't know if there's like a it's like if your cpu gets used you get rewarded if it doesn't it doesn't or is it like you're in a mining pool or like what's going on here i'm not really sure Hmm. Um, but let's Google mining pool real quick and see. And pool. If like if it's possible to pool this or not, uh, internet scale machine learning, the tensor. Um, I don't think there are mining pools because if there were, like typing in mining pool would have like popped up a bunch of mining pools <laughs> like it didn't. So that's kind of a good thing. If it you you literally don't need a mining pool and you can just simply like task your computer to this thing. That's pretty neat. Um like it uh, like probably some metric this thing as well. Let's find a metrics page here. Like is there any like network statistics in terms of how many people are using this? Yeah that'd be interesting. Um kind of an aside 
one of the one of the interesting points that I've heard made about it is is that because it's essentially a decentralized AI platform, like the ability, for instance, for like you know uh, Hollywood actors or whatever to you know to sue to sue them um, becomes you know increasingly difficult or not possible in comparison to something like you know um, yeah chat gpt or something um or even the way that chat gpt now have instituted all of these restrictions where if you try to search you know ask medical questions for instance they constantly give you these kind of dumbed down answers because they're concerned about being right. sued whereas i think you know this kind of this option is going to make it a lot more possible for there to be kind of like more unrestricted um now i'm pretty sure like the the entire information infrastructure of the planet's going to change uh, modern copyright law for music, for art, everything just dies. Like we, in a hundred years from now, none of that is going to exist because it'll be impossible to prevent AIs. So like there, there's just no practical way to prevent it. And this is just not to mention, remember like Mr. AI and whatnot, you can download, it's like 85 gig and you can run it on a Mac. Right. Um, and uh, you can let, the capabilities of local language models and whatnot, diffusion models that are very small in file size and how much they can do is quite impressive. Um, I think people will be blown away if they've ever downloaded some of these open source ones and tried them. Um, so those are the kind of things that if you're on a Kosh network or maybe BitTensor or whatever, maybe you can run them on these things. I'm just curious, like, does Bit BitTensor have its, like, you can run anything on it? Like you can download Mistral and dump it on here or what? I'm just curious. Like I don't understand like what you're actually deploying as far as utility on this thing. Do they have a Can I can I uh, touch like, on this real quick? Like, yeah, Star Fox, go ahead, man. You know what this so, sensor's for, all about? Yeah, a, a decent amount. So for one, um there's thirty two subnets right now and there's gonna be more growing, like one of them, for instance, is one of these subnets are doing um x-ray that detects cancer and you know right now like i believe you just when you want to be a validator or donate gpus um it just goes to like a huge pool and all the subnets could pull off of it and i pretty i'm pretty sure at the moment it's like randomized but there's like a a um a vote i guess you could call it right now where validators when you're giving the gpus you could pick which subnet you want to delegate to and you know that if you choose the right one you're going to be rewarded rewarded more than if one that isn't utilized on the chain or whatever so there's something going on right now where they're trying to change how these um people that are giving the gpus the validators and like you pick you're going to pick which sub that you want to go to pretty much because basically the problem is this like the way i see it is this like if you're a provider and you're only getting paid in tau tokens if someone uses your particular computer that you're providing for their network there could be periods of time where like nothing happens on your computer and therefore you're making nothing and now you've tasked a gpu and your cpu or whatever it is to this task and like it does it can't you know it's not really benefiting you as the network provider so like at some level the fact that you have placed a computer on their network and made it available has to be paid for Right? Does that make sense? Like, otherwise, why would someone just sit this there? Is, and this is what, yeah. This is what the this is what they're trying to fix right now. And there's a there's mm -hmm. been a huge spaces like last week on this, and um, mm -hmm. this is literally what the big focus of trying 
what they're trying to change right now in that regard. And like whichever subnets aren't successful and they're not being utilized, like they'll be kicked off and new ones will come in. So you have to, you have to be developing and providing like what's what I'm looking for, like good stuff for, or you'll be, you'll be out and a new one will come in. So there's a lot of um, motivation to, to create good stuff that's being utilized you know, and this is what they're trying to figure out right now. Like, so that's why Tal dumped a little bit because there's just uncertainty, but it is getting clarified and there, it, there is like a, um, a vote going on right now for it. I'm looking at TauStats.io um, and I'm not sure if this is like legit or what, but it has a lot of info here. It is um, legit. That's how you could tell where all the delegates to like, act, like act, open tensor gets, go ahead. Uh, it has like statistics like active miners, active validators. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's where you find everything out on Tau stats. It's definitely um legit. And first tensor, I believe, runs it. I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's it's where 30 you delicate somebody. I'll just read some of these off for people. Like some of them, like zero zero is subnet is root. Zero one is text prompting, then machine translation, data scraping, multimodality, image generation, pre training. Text training, dataverse, audio, vision, bit agent. I'm looking for if there's any like um, open source software that has been deployed on this that we know about, like Mistral or some of the other things. There um, is. If you go to like Corsell, C-O-R-C-E-L dot I-O, I believe, they have like a chat GPT that's amazing. They have a uh, text to image creation. Um, but yeah, if you go to Corsell dot I-O, I believe that one's like the best one I believe right now, other than that, I think subnet 32, which is the, um, for medical x-rays that detect cancer. But yeah, Corsell, C-O-R-C-E-L. It's pretty damn, so they have one pretty damn useful. Called healthcare. So like, what, what do you do? You run a diffusion engine on like a chest x-ray and then try to, you know, detect a tumor or something. Yeah. If you go to, um, I think, open tensor they that's over my head but yeah they're doing x-rays right now where you could detect cancer and masses and lungs and all this kind of stuff um oh yeah that over my head the, but. like like i think in the future open source radiology tools um as someone who does this sort of thing um open source radiology tools will probably dramatically shift like um how inexpensive it is to get radiology interpretation around the world especially for places that don't have a lot of doctors and things I think AI is going to really, really dominate the um, radiology field, image processing, for sure. Um, and in many instances, be better than actual humans. Um, in fact, I would say in in a lot of instances, that's going to be the case. But anyway, um, interesting stuff, though. The only <laughs> other thing I wanted to mention, like the, the tokenomics are the exact same as Bitcoin's. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a lot there's a lot of big backing behind it but um but yeah so they're trying to create like the biggest internet i mean the biggest network of computers but instead of just mining a, a token it's for powering this ai and get, getting enough gpus to fight up against open open ai and whoever and else our, just already one third of have been uh mined is which is a pretty good distribution already um but um from a price action perspective though it's had a pretty good pump and it has quite a bit of the token supply in circulation so I, I do think like people should be accommodating for substantial um, drawdowns in price at this point. I think like I, I mentioned this earlier, I think like at 144 and 108, you're going to find it at kind of a bargain um, here. Mid market 
it's only one fib down from the top, it could definitely drop a bit more. Um, but interesting. Yeah, the, the chart looks terrible, and it's really like I said, like it dipped, It was at four hundred. It dipped because they they have really bad marketing, and they said they were going to change like all this shit like on Discord, and people got scared. And no, I don't um, think it looks terrible. But... I think it looks very typical of a quality project. Um, I don't think it looks bad at all. Um, I just meant as far as it dipped. Like, I think it's down fifty yeah. percent from the top. But... It's got a dip. Like this is just normal price discovery. Um, like a substantial portion of what this system does is still like um, relatively small scale and not vaporware, but like really, really early. So it's not like there's giga utilization of this thing yet. So it's like most of the price action is very much highly speculative still, not because it's like an extreme utility just yet. It's, it's probably going to get there. Um, it seems like they're making progress, but um, um, but as far as like what is a like after a run-up like this, typically a 70% retracement on a low cap thing is good. And that puts you at, I think, around that $107 fib. Um, now, that was also an area that had already been sort of tested and broke out. So it may not go that low. I'd say like the alarm that you should set for this one's 145. And um, to me, that would be like the, the 145 to 100 zone is kind of like the strong buy territory on this one. If I'm just looking at price action, if I didn't know nothing about the project or anything else, and just look at the chart, that's where I'd be buying. And no, I don't think this is necessarily a wrecked chart by any stretch of the imagination. It's had a pretty good like top at um, on December 11th, and it's been steadily tracing downward in a controlled manner, which is very typical distribution of a quality project as opposed to like a pump and dump, which just goes straight up and straight down. Um, this is not what that's doing at all. So yeah, I think. And based on what I've seen so far, the dashboards and everything else, like someone's put a lot of effort into this baby. Um, so I think uh, it seems like on its face, reasonably legit. Um, but I don't know. I, like, unless you, the way you'll know it's how legit it really is, is by deploying something on this platform. Like, um, you know, you need to talk to people that have actually deployed on this and or go to the Reddits or the um, Discords or wherever and see what kind of, problems people are having using the actual network if the users of that network are loving it and they're like oh this is the next best thing since sliced bread whatever then it's going to do well <clears throat> an example of this is like akash akt um is also a cloud services network where you can deploy like you can task a certain number of gpus to your ai application um and it's really impressive because all you can you can get as many cpus and gpus as you want that are available and you can deploy any size cloud instance you want and you just pay in Akash tokens. It works now. You go to Cloudmos, C-L-O-U-D-M-O-S, you can see it work. Um, some of us mined Zephyr on it by running an XM rig on a CPU um, like cluster. And it actually came out really, really profitable to mine Zephyr. People are interested in doing this. Um, but um, it works. But if you look at like a couple of years back, um, like during the last bull market, the infrastructure for deploying on this sucked. Like, like it wasn't plug and play. It, like, I mean, you had to know a lot of technical shit to use it. And it's really improved since then to where it's usable now. Um, and to the point where some of people have made YouTube videos of how to mine Zephyr using XM rig on a CPU cluster. So it basically is like, it gives you AWS, like Amazon Web Services or Azure type services, but paid with the, akash or usdc token and so what my point to all that was that like 
you can deploy things like Mistral AI or whatever. You can task as many CPUs or GPUs as you think you need. And um, that system's getting better and better. But we've had some issues like sometimes you run it, it doesn't work exactly right. Or you know, and then the, you, you always have to ask, like, wait a minute, I'm getting a bunch of GPUs, but what speed GPUs are these? Um, I'm getting CPUs, but like, what speed CPUs are those, right? Like, what kind of hash rate can I achieve with these things? So the problem is, is like, there are user experience issues with Akash that are not fully fleshed out yet, that if you're going to be deploying anything at scale, you know, if you're going to deploy a website or whatever, it's no big deal. But if you're deploying any kind of serious computation at scale and you need to make money off of it, you need to know how much money you're making by what the like metrics are. Um, so there's still kind of like room to be, room for improvement on Akash, and probably the same is true for Tau. Very, very early. This would be one of those things that like, by the time a lot of the big infrastructure gets built, you're probably talking about this shit takes years. So you're probably talking about right now in this bull market, Tau would be like a bit more speculative. And then you'd hope that like by next bear market, next bull market, by then you have like a lot of serious shit running on it. And so as long as you buy this at a very low price, low market cap, then you could pretty much hodl it forever. Like just ride it to the highs, ride it to the bear market, whatever. If you pick up a top, the problem is you're going to be, um, you're going to have to like your your assets can be down while you're waiting through future bear markets. I mean, bear I just wanted I, I just wanted to clarify one more thing though about yeah. it. Like they do have tangible products that people are utilizing already. Like yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. So it's not like they have nothing yet. They've already produced a product right. that's pretty effective. Yeah, but. so did so did Akash at the time. Like people were running little small amounts, but it wasn't like. It wasn't just like it, it didn't justify Akash's like, you know, bull market top market cap of multiple billion dollars or some bullshit, right? Like, it's one thing to say something works. It's a wholly different thing to say that its market cap is justified, right? That's a very different, very different thing. Like, you could have Apple stock be very overvalued relative to where, you know, where it should be. In fact, Apple stock, for example, is overvalued now from where it should be, in my opinion. Like it has a P to E ratio of 30, whereas it probably should be more like 15, given that like smartphone sales are falling and shit. So like it's it's so, yeah, I, I don't want to confuse like the price action with what it actually does. Price action is always going to do its own thing. Um, and of course, in, in crypto markets, like price action can be absolutely fucking insane and completely like irrational too. It can go up way too high and, and generally can go down way too high. But crypto markets tend to overvalue things almost at a base case, as opposed to undervaluing things. So that's generally something to remember. Um, so like, yeah, at, the, at these price levels, I think it's probably starting to become like, you know, if you take a small entry level here, you would double that position at about 145. So you, you would want to keep cash aside if you're buying here, for sure. Um, and we are coming into like the halving. So we're, you think we're in a bullish territory, like within the next few months, right? That's what you're oh, on yeah. the page with, you, right? Yeah. No. The wind is in our sails as far as like, yeah, as far as, as far as speculative multiples. Yeah. The wind is on our, in our, in our back, like at our back as far as the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have a good two year solid run um, ahead of us. And part of how we know that is all, there's almost no like retail crowd here right now. Like if you look at a room like this, like how many people in here? Um, like only 46 on a Saturday. And um you know, I don't know how many people here are crypto natives. And if you're a noob or whatever, completely new to crypto, feel free to hop up here. I'd love to find out how you got in here and uh, discovered us here. But the reality is like a majority of people here, 
like last year's and the year before that's um, proud, I think. Ivan, are you pretty new or what? Um, it's funny you say that because yesterday at the restaurant, um, mm -hmm. both of my servers were asking me how, how they can invest on Coinbase. So I think we should, okay. I think we should sell everything we own. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> completely joking, but I think I was telling you that. It's just so funny how, uh, so I'm, yes, I'm relatively, I'm not relatively new to crypto. I've, I've, I mean, I've known about crypto since 2017. I've mentioned to you that I mainly trade indices and Forex, but mainly have been looking at crypto just because like there's a lot of speculative plays right now that I feel like look really good, specifically like in the altcoin kind of sector, just simply based off like a fundamental chart analysis. Like I'm not really looking too much at like what they're actually doing too much. I'm just literally looking at does it, charts, yeah. like, does the chart look good? Like, does it look like it could have upside? That's all I'm really playing. And uh, that's very reasonable. Yeah, like, that's not an, an like, yeah, I think uh, technical plus fundamental plus social analysis and all of that when you combine them together gets you kind of probably the like, a pretty good like decision tree as far as how to allocate and stuff. But 100%. yeah, I'm just a, a rec chart, best chart. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So right now, what I've been doing is I kind of did yesterday. We we talked about I ended up making my Zephyr and my and my uh, Cubic wallet. I've been struggling with Safe Trade because I, I I'm literally trying to move away from it. Like I'm trying to get all my shit out, but even I, the name is pretty sketchy. Yeah, it's <laughs> ironic, right? Safe Trade, like that's yeah. kind of ironic, but. Um, I'm trying to, I try to move out a portion of my, of my cubic that I had bought. Um, but it's been confirming for like the last 15 hours and I'd open a support ticket. So I'm just praying to God that I can get all my shit out and just only use Mexi now moving forward. So, so I, there was an article on decrypt that it had returned to number one in the Apple us app store. This is October 28th, 2021. So um right now even just in the finance section it's number 26 by the way if anyone cares mexi no the the coinbase app oh the coinbase app yeah, yeah interesting. looking at where it is in the app store rankings and it's like 26 in finance so it's nowhere near like the top in the main i want to warn you about something with mexi i had a um, buddy who was trading like it was like a million dollar long on bitcoin and mm -hmm. uh, on mexi and um essentially Mexi pretty much said that Bitcoin dipped to a price that nowhere did Bitcoin dip to. Um, so it was, I use Mexi, but I usually get off of there and I don't, I don't trade longs and shorts, but they, Mexi definitely did some shady shit and, uh, yeah. their Bitcoin went lower than any other Bitcoin and the guy got liquidated on a really yeah. safe long position. Uh, on smaller exchanges that are less liquid, um, Kraken had this happen back in 20. Fuck, I don't remember what it was, 2018 or something. So it's not, it's not that they're shady necessarily. You have to understand that when you're on smaller, um, like small, lower liquidity exchanges, and you're playing on leverage, you got to set those set those fucking stop losses. Really slip yourself. you to hell. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you should assume your shit's going to zero. Like <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. So this was true even on like legit exchanges back in the day, like when they were um, like the the problem is that like on an any individual exchange, you have um, price volatility that's dramatically worse than it would be otherwise so now let me see did uh, no what did mexi bitcoin do i'm curious let me see um sometimes it'll show on the chart too like you had this like ridiculous i think this was last like this was like a last cycle thing um they have a lot of, i feel like they have a lot of trading volume but apparently we were reading about it and like they pretty much like bet against like you're ba basically betting against them in your longs like i don't know if that's 100 percent true but like yeah they, I Likely. At price action, and they lose mm -hmm. if you win. Basically, that's what it said. I think you are. 
likely correct in this regard. Um, I've heard this a bit about Mexi as well. Um, I think like the market makers on Mexi are, I mean, like fundamentally they're counter trading their actual users probably. Um, but yeah, there have been some wicks in the past in BTC. Yeah, that were that were yeah pretty, some brutal pretty, ones, some some fuck wicks. Yeah, a little bit of fuck you up wicks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like um, th- this is part of the reason why I don't mess with leverage on these things. And um, I've heard different horror stories on Mexi about people have been playing on the futures and stuff where they don't actually get paid, um, or they lock up their funds and make all sorts of silly claims. Um, yeah, so be careful with um. It, the, the funny thing is, if you're not successful, it won't matter. But if you are successful, and now all of a sudden you're suddenly rich, and then you're trying to extract a lot of money from them, and then you're in trouble. Yeah, so, I've seen the same thing. A lot of the XRP community keep complaining because they're doing like longs and shorts, and they're trying to transfer the money out. And it's like, no. And they're like, what? It's like, <laughs> so yeah, they're literally like, I want my money back. And they're like, no, you can't have it. because it's, And it's always I've a dumb had thing. no problem simply buying and selling and then moving off exchange. Um, I have had no issue there at all, I, yeah. but I have played no futures to make any claims one way or the other. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's a, one guy. Most- I'll try and find. Yeah, a, I'll try and find a post and uh, put it in the top if you want. There's a, there's one guy that keeps complaining about. Him. He's 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 probably cooked. He probably should get a job part time at Wendy's. He's probably done. He's gonna take his funds probably. So I have but, a quick uh, topic. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Uh, let me just, sorry, Star Fox. I'm going to hop off quick. I just wanted to say, Steffi, that, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be buying, like, once I can get my shit out of safe trade, I'm going to send all my shit just to external wallets. I probably won't be trading futures on Mexi or anything like that. I just simply want to buy, I just want to accumulate a lot of Zeph and a lot of Cubic and send it to the wallets and just kind of chill out. Yeah, so, definitely don't leave it on those exchanges. Fuck that. Like, <laughs> none, of these are, none, of, none of these are legit enough to where you can be like fully safe. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, Trade Ogre had Caspa on it very early. And apparently, I think it was on Trade Ogre, a lot of people had their Caspa get stuck there um, for like six months or something. I don't even know if they finally got their Caspa off. But, what, but luckily for them, the price of Caspa mooned during that time. So it, didn't, it was fine. But I don't know if they ever got their money, but you don't want to be stuck. For- 100%. Yeah. What I'll do is, and then as you mentioned, once it's on the wallet, I can now send it to any exchange to kind of just sell it for USDT. So I'd probably send it to Mexi in a future time and then yep. just sell it and then send it back to my Coinbase. But yeah, um, nice talking to you again, Steffi. Yep. I'm also going to be buying some some link soon. So let's see where that goes. Yep. Catch. Peace out, guys. Yep. So Fox, you're thinking um, scale into some Tau as well? Yeah, I mean, I've had it since it was like $60. Um, but I, my I was going to bring up, hold on a second, I'm getting... Yeah, you mentioned to me a while back, so it wasn't like you told me about it. So I'm, it just like, in my bandwidth, I never I never picked it up. <laughs> like, maybe more, like, I call it my laziness or whatever. It was probably better because um, it's down since probably I mentioned it to you, so you didn't miss out on anything. No. I think when you mentioned it to me, it was you mentioned it quite early, actually. Um, so I I was just lazy about picking it up at the right price. <laughs> so yeah, what I wanted to mention to you is I'm a big Kuji holder, and like Kuji, all Kuji's in circulation, um, yada yada yada. And I thought that was pretty damn bullish that we're not going to get dumped on or VCs, whatever. But now I'm kind of feeling like it, they, is all is all Kuji in circulation? Is it? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. 
another bullish case then. So, but the thing is, like, they're not listed on any exchanges, and it seems like that might cost money or whatever. Like, the problem is, like, one staking isn't very effective unless you get airdrops because there's no inflation, and um, mm-hmm. two, they're not listed anywhere. So are they just like, do they? Does there need to be some circulation for them to get some money so they can afford this stuff? Mm, I don't know. Like at the end of the day, um, good. I'm sick and tired of 35. Okay. okay. At the end of the day, like uh, Kuji, um, I mean, it's made it to like 400 to 500 mil market cap without anything else happening. Um, I would prefer it reaches something like a 3 billion market cap before it gets listed elsewhere. Um, the reason for that is like market makers and whatnot just fucking steal from the community anyway. Like that's what happens. You, you hand them, you lend them money to sell against your community. The whole thing is a fucking sh- like mess. So yeah, so exchange listings are basically a double-edged sword. And like typically, if you can get the price of the thing up to north of a billion or three billion, something like that, what happens is is that the market makers will park a bunch of order depth, like you know, order book depth at a much higher level, and it makes it harder for the price to drop as much. Whereas if you like start throwing in market makers now they'll tie it to bitcoin liquidity and then you're going to basically be a bitcoin correlated more and more the higher you go right so now right now kuji is starting to get bitcoin correlation because it is on um uh, it's on um mexc now right so you are seeing some of that but like it i don't know it's to me better to be relatively illiquid early on and then add the liquidity later after the price reaches some ridiculous high number that makes sense it's like it's just a way that this like shit works it's like you don't necessarily gain a lot of benefit from being on a lot of exchanges early on um although that's not in 100 true like uh, uh, injective is a good example uh, i'm sorry not injective neutron neutrons is a good example it was basically backed by binance labs and a whole bunch of others so you'll notice that it's on everything like right from the very beginning so it's had a pretty good run to about a billion bucks right like at this point. So the plus side is if you're on all the exchanges at one time, like by some miracle, which in this case, because Binance backed, obviously they could afford to put it everywhere. Then the benefit is that um, like when the pump starts, like no matter where you are, no matter what exchange you're on, someone can buy it. If you do this stepwise thing, I don't know, it seems like it's better to me to be waiting for a higher market cap. So you're either on all the exchanges or at one time, which means less sort of like individual market maker shenanigans, or you're on you're on almost none and you wait for a much higher market cap. It seems like that's the sweet spot. I don't know. I'm not sure if my rationale is correct or not, but it seems about right from what I've seen with different listings and things. But like when you get listed on an exchange, like let's say you're on Mexi or whatever, you wind up being like exit liquidity to some extent. Oh, that so if you bought low and you just want more exit liquidity more exchange listings helps you um if you're like thinking that that's just going to pump the price mainly not necessarily um is the way to think of this so you, you'll want the new exchange listings after that that's like three billion but my yeah so but the only thing is like say i have friends that want to buy some kuji because i'm bullish on and they trust me like once yep. I tell them they got to get a uh, VPN and buy it on Maxi, like they're out, you know? So I'm not saying that that's a big move, market mover, but Coinbase, I feel like, or something in America would be beneficial. Yeah, another another way to pick it up would be is if you have, um, 
like um if you get them used to using something like uh kepler and have them used to buying atom then you can buy kuji easily using like tfm so um cosmos cross-chain platforms like tfm.com and um uh what's the other one um ibc fun i think it's called ibc fun these are really good at like converting something easy to get like adam on coinbase and just swapping it straight to um kajira no problem i wonder how the liquidity for that is though on there pretty decent find like how big are buys are they making 10k or more or like thousand or what I know I tried swapping Adam to Kuji and there was like a 6% slippage. It was like seven <laughs> grand, I think, but that bad anymore, especially if you use TFM or something like that, it's fine. Um, I noticed it was like in the 3% range and these were like north of $10,000 buys and stuff, but it depends on how much they're trying to buy, obviously. Um, and you can actually split that into several buys and then you won't have as much of a slippage too. So something to think about, but yeah, if you want like, Order depth right now, like I send Adam over to Mexi and then swap it to Kuji is kind of the most straightforward liquidity as far as depth right now. So the main the easiest way that I've seen to just get stuff over to Mexi is I've been buying on uh Cash App, which is much better price of Bitcoin than um, you know, um yeah. Coinbase. And then it clears them automatically too, and then just sending it from Cash App to um Mexi. They have like all these limits, and I've been trying to up my limits. And Adam, like, Adam numbers are almost fundamentally free too, so like that's they're not bad either. So what did, who did you say? Adam, A T O M. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam's available everywhere, so that's another one you can use for this purpose. Um, it's it's Adam is pretty good money in in crypto now, as far as like being able to get to a lot of different places easily. So it's not bad, um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, for for Kuji, I found like. Depth seems to be best on Mexi, though. So if I have to buy a lot of it at one time, I typically go there. Still, like, and I've and I've only been buying Kuji there lately. Like, the most of the Kuji I had was from way lower, like fifty cents or twenty five cents or some shit. So I've had it for quite some time already. I bought it on like Terra way back. So. Yeah, if only I would have swapped all my Terra Luna to um Kuji during the crash. Like, we'd be chilling. I'd be chilling now. <laughs> yeah of course it's easy to say that after the fact but nobody knew kuji was going to survive right not for sure so it's easy to say that after but yeah well you know it's funny like i took some of my terra off of um anchor or whatever and i put it into Thorchain, and i did it lp with rune and um luna and during the crash like the lp protected me and swapped me like all to rune so I actually ended up really being beneficial. I had like eight grand in like pretty much dust a year later I found on that LP that I thought was gone. So it okay. actually was really effective. Nice. <laughs> you got you, you got the the lucky end of the stick then compared to some people. I wasn't I wasn't that lucky. I mean I lost plenty, but <laughs> Yeah, I lost plenty, but not not hundred percent, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. But I think but the the LPs probably didn't get you Luna V two, right? Because you probably didn't get my airdrop. Say that one more time. You probably didn't get the Luna airdrop then by being on, on Thorchain, right? Not for that amount, but I did. And it was funny because I also had looped Luna with the anchor and I borrow and buy more Luna. So my airdrop was actually much more than in technical Luna than I actually owned because I was looping. Uh, yeah, you, know, you so. that situation a little bit. That's good. 
that's good. Yeah, I mean, like Luna could still uh, definitely uh, do more. Like um, uh, Enterprise DAO is really becoming really quite useful now. So, like some of the things that are happening on Terra um, could be truly fundamentally useful. Do you remember when I hit you up about um, Astro when we were first talking about Zeph? Dude, that's mm -hmm. up from like two cents when we were first talking yep. about it. Yeah, I still have Astro. We just talked about it earlier this morning. Yeah, Astro's doing good. Um, yeah, I just have all my Astros ex Astro, so it's earning like the yield of the system. Yeah, that's just killing the ex Astro. I'm kind of pissed. I sold it like 25 hey, cents. Astro like, positions. My Astro position and the amount that I have is fine where I could probably leave it for years. So long as like Injective and the other platforms that Astroport releases on are successful and do well over time, it'll just keep on printing yield for the next years. So I think my Astroport position, I'll just leave it alone. It's in my Terra Station wall or whatever, and I'll just not touch it. It's fine. So it's and, and then if they have that Astro Wars shit again, you know, you remember that? Like <laughs> then it'll probably pump the price a little bit more. At least for a while. So I think, like, if Astroport 10 x from here, it'll be like most definitely overvalued. In which case, not not even 10 x. If it's five x's from here, it'll be drastically overvalued. By the way, because that would put it at the same market cap as Luna and Kuji, <laughs> which would be ridiculous, right? So, like, if it really runs from here like a five x, it's probably worth worth a sell, and just like you know, buy it back lower at some future date. So maybe keep that in mind. Anyway, um, yeah, if anyone wants to start a new DAO and have your own token, it takes about 10 minutes to do that on Enterprise DAO. Pretty cool stuff. And you can put have like a cross-chain treasury and all sorts of cool shit. So a good example of this is Ryan Lyons Project, Lion DAO, um, which, by the way, um, is performing pretty well as far as the little Lion token. Um, so it's a neat little DAO. Um, if, uh, and it's produced by... A bunch of Terra nerds, uh, mainly Ryan, and um, he's made it a really, really nice community fair launch DAO. Um, uh, really good token distribution, everything with it too. Um, it mostly got airdropped to Luna holders and stuff. So if you haven't checked that out, um, Starfox, you might. Uh, did you already claim your Lion tokens way back? I'm not sure if that's still I did, open. I did not. Uh, I don't know if I even heard of it because I took a break for a while. I'm not familiar. Hey, take a, take a look. It's um. So it's Lion Dow, L-I-O-N Dow. Remember Ryan Lion? So he he put this together. Yeah. And go to the Enterprise Dow's site, on, you know, Enterprise Dow. And then uh, you should be able to, like, pull up Lion Dow in there. And then, I don't know, there's a page somewhere where you can check to see if you get an airdrop. I don't know if the airdrops are still open or not. Um, they had several of them. They might not be. But you could check and see. Um, but it was like if you had any Luna staked, I think, from the previous um, crash, like Luna V2, then you could get some of this. So he distributed it to just like as a free thing for everybody just for fun. And it was just kind of like a meme slash Dow Treasury type token. A bunch of people even donated to the Treasury to sort of bootstrap it a little bit, make it interesting. And um, like the token holders of this token get all the yield or whatever from it. Um, and it's basically like an IBC cross-chain treasury, which is cool. Neat little. So yeah, so Enterprise DAO is doing amazing things with cross-chain treasuries for DAOs. So if anyone wants to build a DAO for some reason, <laughs> there it is. Infrastructure is already. You don't have to have any coding skills either. You're just like, I want a billion tokens. I want it to do this. I want this many. 
whatever. And you just put in some parameters and it will give you the, it'll make you a little DAO. So it's kind of cool. Do you have your uh, QG stake as well? Um, at the moment, um, my Kuji is not staked, but I guess I should stake it. Um, I had a stake before, but my fucking validator died. And, um, I ended up unstaking cause I wasn't sure, like at the time I wasn't sure if I was going to sell my Kuji or hold it. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to hold it and I'm going to actually just keep my, um, I'm, I'm going to add more to it actually. So I kind of became a, you know. I, I just decided to go more long-term thinking with it where I wasn't so sure, like maybe, I don't know, six or nine months ago. Um, so at this point, no, but should I stake it? You think like what's well, the- yeah, there were, I mean, there were some nice airdrops that um, actually just were snapshots. So you probably missed out on them, but I mean, yeah, there's probably. a lot of airdrops going on. Kuji, so I missed a bunch because my validator that I supported, like fell out of the active set. And um, I wasn't paying attention to Kuji at all for like a year. So <laughs> I missed most of the shit from it anyway. Um, but yeah, that was pro- that was a pretty significant blunder on my part. Just not and paying attention. Got, and you got to lock up for, I think, two weeks. But they have this unstake, which I'm sure you heard of. Where like- Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. With unstake available, I probably should stake it. In fact, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it right now. I don't know. I don't know if there's like a haircut if you unstake using that. I'm sure you obviously lose out on something. It can't be completely nothing to use that. Like I'm sure you might get. I think like a there's a. Haircut. I think there's just a little bit of a fee or some shit. I don't think there's a big deal. I don't think you lose much on unstake, but that's I freaking could, awesome. If so, I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, yeah, let me connect my wallet. Actually, just do this real quick. Yeah, because I think like the waiting period for Kuji. Um, at this point, like, um, I, I think Kujira, mm, I, I think like, I'd like to hold on to most of that bag for at least a 10 more X to like five bill market cap. Maybe like, I'm not sure how long it takes to get there, but that's what I'd like to see. When you look at like your shit coin holding or whatever, like two that I don't even think are shit coins, but Trias and uh, Change, which is like Change Finance. So they have a solid app. It's like decentralized exchange. Have you heard of Change? Um, change? No. What does it do? Change Finance. It's like C-H-A-I-N-G-E. Um, but they, and the coin's no. like C-H-N-G. But it's essentially, it's, it's a, they have an app that you download on iOS and you it's a decentralized way to trade coins. Like it's like fucking Coinbase, I'm pretty sure. Um, but my question is essentially, when you look at these coins, like is one of your big things you look at like tokenomics and like unlocks and all. Like that's feel like that's like one of the most important things, is it not? Or um, I don't know. Um, I don't. Mm, I think each chain just has different like metrics and issues, whether it's unlocks or anything else, and. Um, I think completely varies based on proof of work, proof of state. You know, so many different variables on these things. Like, and obviously, microcaps. Um, I don't. I mean, it's just a kind of a. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of like secondary, like layer two, not layer two, but you know, like DAP tokens and exchanges and things. So yeah. So uh, one thing is not too much. Um, Trias. Have you heard of Quant? Uh, yeah, a so, little bit. So Quan is basically got all these government contracts. Um, but if you look at what Trias, first of all, they've been on a fucking tear. Um, T-R-I-A-S. And it's a very popular mm-hmm. token. It's not a shit coin. There's same thing. They used to have it last 
last season for a while. Okay, well, no. So it's saying another thing, like all their tokens are in circulation. There's only 10 million. And they just got like a Chinese government contract. Like, I feel like it's the biggest fucking contract the crypto token has ever gotten. And um, I don't know the implications of that, but it seems like it's a really solid uh, a model and token as well. And like I said, it has such a... All the tokens are unlocked, and I love the sound of that. Like when there's like when it's like ten percent unlocked, like it just seems like you're buying into the FTV of like so much smaller than what's to come. I don't know. I could, it's easier to wrap my head around, I guess. But I would definitely say check out Triads again and let me know your opinion. What's um real quick on Kuji? Um, who am I staking with? Oh, I usually see, use Duncan. all nodes. In here, it's free, right? Well, the trouble with all nodes is that like they fuck up every network by making everything over centralized. Definitely. Uh, definitely. So like, so like ideologically, I tend not to pick them. I, I'm looking to see like, and go to the second biggest one, right? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think the I tend to go in the middle somewhere. So I don't have to worry about them falling out of the active set, but at the same time, like, let's see, Don Kryptonium's, um, let's see, 5% commission. So Don, I know, obviously, um I'm trying to see like who who I know in this that I might just stick with. Um let's see. Yeah, I gotta get better with that with not helping the centralization of the tokens I like. Oh yeah, like PFC I love. Uh his he's really, really contributes a lot to Cosmos chains that he's involved with. He's a serious validator, no fuck around. Um and hangs out with us from time to time. I think I'll add some to his. I think he's at 5% commission, what right? The hell, which is fine. What the hell is all nodes and like what is their purpose pretty much? All nodes just basically just uh, like a white label node operator. What they do is they'll be like, let's say you want to start an, uh, a validator, but you don't want to actually validate shit. You just want to go to all nodes and they'll make one in your name and they'll do all the background maintenance. But basically, it centralized the network because even though it like on the name, like you might have like a dozen validators, but they're all run by the same company, right? It's bullshit. It's like a civil almost. It's like uh, so it's not a good thing. Um, and so they're like a white label validator creator. If that makes any sense, it's a weird. It's a weird. And they're company. like a nonprofit. Like they don't even they don't even take any percent. Oh no, they 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 make something. No, it's not a nonprofit. Like that's their business model. Or whatever so yeah that's a thing Luna, luna's <laughs> just getting luna's getting a random pump all of a sudden oh really it's up, up like 10 percent all of a sudden let reason. me stake this thing real quick i always make sure i leave like yeah two weeks on staking time i need to make sure i need leave a little bit of kuji for the um okay just sign my little wallet thing yeah i think i'll just stake it because i really should have done it already I had it staked and I kind of unstaked thinking I wasn't sure if I was going to sell it or what I'm going to do with my Kuji. But then I kind of like, all right, they're building cool shit. I'll stick with it. It's <laughs> it funny though, like, because like it really, they really, you really get no return staking unless there's airdrops. I'm pretty sure like, yeah, you get some fees, but it's like very minuscule. Like with there to be, with there being no inflation, like it's kind of, you, you're only staking for airdrops. It seems like right now I could be wrong. Someone correct me, but I really don't think I'm getting anything, but just, some, yeah, you're, you're getting minimal because the it's just transactions on the network pretty much in airdrops yeah it's it's going to be small i think it's like what is it one percent or two percent but it's real yield whatever it is 
Right. Yeah, and that's about what it is. And it's so in, until they get this duster where like they, they can you could claim them all at once and convert it to Kuji. Right now, I have like a million and one bullshit. You know, one penny here, one penny in that token. Like they they're creating this thing where you can claim them all at once and convert to Kuji. Like that's coming. It's like the duster app or something. It's called. But yeah, although right. that's not really great for this the projects on the platform, right? It's kind that's of like true, yeah. What will happen if you create that kind of app is people will be like, wait, why am I bothering doing airdrops? If like people aren't even going to notice my project, they're just going to claim my shit. And no. well, I literally it's, have a penny of a million different things. Like, well, what am I doing with a penny? Right, you exactly. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you get this like ridiculous wallet with a bunch of garbage in it. Um, yeah, so like, but like, um, that's the problem. Like, yeah, there's real yield, but until there's a lot of volume, like enough volume to give you that real yield yeah it's kind of like pointless um so i mean i'm, I'm trying to figure out they're gonna get perps perps are coming soon to kajira so that should bring more volume and i was thinking what do you think about that There's this principle in like Taoism where it's just like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's just like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Tripping on the bird app, listening to nerds flap, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3. That's why they can't fly, they just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some dry powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up their bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preaching open sauce, but don't listen to the code, and now it's mutiny, community, uprise. There's no more humility, futility, plus size. Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal. Which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking west side shit, needle and noose, sticking with my armory, yam, beta. And Bruce, repping psychedelic artistry, believe in the truth. Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue. GM fam, really worth all the effort? Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the drama? And the answer, I think, is a clear no. We started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you left with this kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, this shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shit Preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rap fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat Now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you, you would be like don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost us a lot more than what can be gained by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces. <laughs>